And welcome back to Scout Tech, everyone. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing a just pushed out update from Escape from Tarkov. They tweaked Inertia. Followed by that, we're going to cover some other minor news topics. And then finally, we're going to have a kind of a generalized brainstorm session in regards to a clip posted by Landmark where BSG contacted him and asked him to provide some feedback for the video game known as Escape from Tarkov. So, Giga, how has your week been? How was the mini vacation? It was good. Yeah, it was good. So, in some ways, this is almost like the perfect time to take this kind of break away, especially when we're thinking more cerebrally about the game that is Tarkov. But yeah, mm. it, it was weird coming back after not having played for a bit, because usually I'm at least like thinking about the game, like running the hideout or whatever. Like, it's hard to escape from Tarkov, not, not to, yeah pun not intended but it's if you're just like around it's very tempting to go and use the hideout or whatever do scav run you yeah know, maximize like if you're still playing and grinding or whatever because it's just kind of like free it's like free money you know you yeah. just do it and it's easy you don't have to play real pmc raids but anyway so i was away from basically like finished up making like batch videos for because on on friday i had to have something out for saturday out for monday out for wednesday because i'm doing this new monday video as well which is kind of cool um, that I'm enjoying, but yeah, I had to batch all that stuff out. So I was like working pretty hard up until Friday. And then I was kind of like off for the afternoon, spending a bit of time like with the fam here because I was going to be away. And then I had a super early flight. So like, yeah, what ended up happening was because of the coronation here, all the flights were just a mess. I couldn't get a flight that was cheaper than, because I got told at the last minute that I had to take it for this thing, um, which was the, the Berlin Dota 2 Major, by the way, for anyone who didn't sort of pop into the stream the other day. Because, you know, I'm a Dota fan. I do love going to these things. And um, my sis sometimes gets hooked up with cool tickets because she's part of the UK university esports scene. So sometimes That's I cool. get to go with her to stuff. That's how I ended up going to Stockholm last time because she had got hooked up with some tickets for that. She's like also the luckiest person ever, which is crazy. <laughs> like she got some tickets for Stockholm. She then managed to get to Singapore TI because she was go like, can, like, can you believe this, right? She was going to a friend's wedding in Australia that just so happens to sit across the TI weekend. And she had a transfer through Singapore and she paid a £10 admin fee and dislocated the two legs of the journey by four days and went to TI. Like, how lucky is that? The timing, like, it's insane. And, and because, like, yeah, I, I, I can't remember if she had to buy a ticket or not. I'm not even sure. But it was just like the timing was just ridiculous, right? Because mm -hmm. that was planned before it was even announced. Anyway, so there's tickets float up here for Berlin. I'm just like, okay, well, we may as well go. But um, I almost didn't because I got told later, the coronation stuff, like, I couldn't get a flight out on the Friday for less than 250 pounds and i was like this is kind of a false economy right like i'm not sure if i would i don't think i would pay 350 pounds to go like tickets or t tickets are free or no tickets you know i was just like well this doesn't really make yeah. sense so um so we spent ages figuring it out and eventually i could go like really early on saturday morning and come back really early on tuesday so like stagger the whole thing by day and go at some stupid time in the morning mm. and i got i got a lift to manchester at like 4 a.m um stupid stuff like that but I, and i was gonna miss the whole friday anyway so so I went from like Saturday through to Tuesday morning. Um, so I like missed both stream sessions on Monday and Tuesday. So the next time that I got to play Tarkov was on Thursday because like uh, I was, you know, catching up on content and stuff on Wednesday. So played again on Thursday on the stream and I was like, man, I'm going to be you know, really out of practice. But it actually went quite well. Um, it was good because like, yeah, it's been the first time in a long time that I was like away, like focusing on another game and like being somewhere else and like not really thinking about it. Like I didn't really think about Tarkov very much, which is kind of kind of cool. Like, you know, kept, yeah. like scroll through twitter every now and then but otherwise really chilled so that was quite nice and then yeah it's been just quite a busy like touching grass kind of week like today we just we were like out in an aquarium all day with the family and stuff oh, we had cool. planned so 
just like it's been it's been good um and yeah it's probably been the perfect time for all this stuff just because the games are kind of a funny place we're a bit of a i think we're a bit of a kind of um i don't know what you'd really call it like it's like a critical point you know we're like a fork in the road in some ways you know i think there's like changes that come now like like yeah there could be like big changes Mm. like now and over the next six months and then after that things like might get set in stone i don't really know like it's it's hard to hard to know exactly how that's going to work out but it does feel like bsg are kind of asking for feedback and a bit more and like a bit more receptive i think to things that people are saying maybe we will see i mean that's the impression but we'll talk about that in a little bit so yeah it's been good it's been all right um also i wasn't that rusty when i came back on thursday either it was it was quite a good time in the end <laughs> it was pleasing i was like you know i didn't didn't lose too much of the uh too much of the old muscle memory which is good but um yeah before we delve into like all the stuff about like bsg and feedback and yada yada because that's like a huge conversation maybe even bigger than this one cast and i've hinted about that before there's been a couple of changes, right? There's been a few changes over over this week. Which one should we start with? The easy one. Uh, yeah, that's the easy one. So I guess that's the old the old lab the laboratory <laughs> yeah. cards, yeah. the labs cards. Labs cards are back on the fleet. I don't really know. Like people ask me whether I yeah thought this was a good change or not. I think overall it probably is a good change. I'm not sure if it's that impactful in general. I just don't think it matters that much. Yeah, I don't know, dude. I really don't know. I mean, some, so some people were saying, like, it's just a temporary thing. You know, like, they kind of do, they kind of done this weird thing, which I'm not really a fan of, but they, they've, like, they'll lower the spawn rates at the start of the wipe for, like, all the bosses, and then, like, they'll, like, slowly increase them throughout the, you know, coming weeks of the patch. Mm. And, you know, to me, it's just, like, why, I mean, if you're going to have that, you know, if that's like the goal, then fine. You know, just like bake it into the game. But like doing it manually just feels really like kind of scuffed. Do you know what I mean? Like, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know. It just it it just makes it very unclear what because this this has been like a trend for I want to say at least two wipes, maybe mm-hmm. three, and it's just it makes things uncertain for the player, like expectation wise. Which I guess can be a good thing, but it's also the point is with the labs cards is are they doing this because it's in the wipe or is this just like you know a final change for the, it's it's hard to like make uh you know informed opinions on, on you know how this affects the game because it's just a kind of microcosm of like this period in the wipe so in the end it really doesn't matter because the wipes you know almost over like I don't know it's just it's just a weird phenomenon in Tarkov. Yeah, I know what you mean. It is interesting. It's like you'd almost rather them say, right, we're always going to... Because the thing is, they don't even say about the wipe cycle, right? We're on six monthly wipes right now by history. Mm-hmm. BSG have never said that this is the right. case. That this, you know, it's, it's, maybe it's just by coincidence, like they set it like that, and it just so happens to have worked out. Who knows? Yeah. Right? But you'd prefer as a player really to have a bit more structure, right? If wipes are going to continue in the game as we know it, which... Is what they've said because there's going to be the wipe character and the non-wipe character in the future and mm-hmm. as with all of these things which that have ladder and non-ladder accounts the wipe account is going to be the one that streamers and content creators focus on because that's where the race is etc so that's going to be like the more important account quote unquote and it'll be a bit closer to what we play right now you'd almost rather say right here's the 
six months of the wipe and the boss spawns will start off as you know one percent and then five ten twenty whatever like throughout is on each month right um and even then you can stage stuff like you know other ideas that people have had about locking certain things on the fleet depending on the time or unlocking stuff from traders or lo- well, whatever right you could do things like that then too to people kind of then know what's coming um whether yeah whether that's good or not i'm not sure but i, I feel like that maybe ne- isn't their plan but yeah they have done this a couple of times and it does make it a bit strange because even in the past we've had things like the white where we had level 20 flea and they changed it down to 15 and people were like is this just because it's like later like are they going to put it back to 20 when we get next into the next wipe but then they kept it at 15 they didn't touch it so it's 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 tricky to know exactly what's coming in the next wipe but like in some ways i don't mind it's kind of okay but i i am well, not sure i'm kind of with you it's like a bit inconsistent yeah because my issue is like it's hard to provide feedback when i don't know what the expectation is set for me you know what i mean it's like they're constantly tweaking the numbers but it they're our belief is they're tweaking it based off the white progression like they don't want people progressing too fast so they lower the spawn rates and then as mm. people start complaining more and more like i can't kill Rashala, do my task then they bump it you know what i mean it's just like this weird like i'd rather just be baked in the game so then i can provide feedback on the expectations set for me as a player for the experience right now it's just like a vague cloud that yeah and, that, deal with. and that's and that's right right that's like it's the same thing we've talked about before about like the is it a beta is it not a beta like in yeah. some ways yes in some ways no in some ways we can test stuff in some ways we're not told enough, so we can't. You know, it's the, the, another one of those elements where do they want feedback or not? Do they actually want? Do they want specific feedback based on things that we're told, or do they want feedback based upon the fact that we don't know things and they're testing our response to things that we don't know as a player base when they make changes? Like there's mm. there's that argument too, but it's yeah, it's as from a player's perspective, it is a bit confused sometimes. So, so I don't know, but I mean, yeah, this doesn't really matter that much. I guess the, the important thing is if you do want to go to labs, it is now much easier to go. It is about the same price as therapist. You can just buy the cards because tons of people don't want to play labs. Pop, yeah. The combination of they don't know the map, they're scared to go. They There's no insurance and they don't like it. Um, and they're worried about cheaters, whatever. So they just sell the cards because they're good value in the 160 whatever K. And unless you're looking for the MCC, the GPSA, maybe a LEDX and some high tiers, you know, items that spawn on labs as well as other maps, to be fair, but or maybe killing rogues for XP, a lot of people think, well, why even bother, right? Even if they could go to labs, they just think, well, I could just play threes. So I'll sell the card and get 160k, and then I could use that to fund my loadouts on Streets of Tarkov instead and make just as much money, so with less risk. So I, I do I do understand that. So, I mean, you can see the prices of cards. Are, but I hope, I presume it probably will continue, but they're going to be lower than therapists greater price also as the wipe goes on too like people have like higher scav karma which you do seem to tend to get more labs cards as you love as your scav karma goes up oh, okay. my, i like i really did chill on that for a while and now my scav karma is over four because i ended up taking i'm not really a big car extract guy i don't know why i'm just not and i ended up taking like a load of car extracts on interchange a bunch on like uh, a few other places i think like where, where else did i take them like woods maybe and a bit on customs and ended up with like over four and now i get labs cards all the time and mm. I, I quite I quite like keeping them because they're useful for dailies. You do often, I often get that like handing three labs cards for a daily and I'm just like, boop, there you go. Um, but now people will be incentivized to sell them. It's, you know, beforehand, if you weren't going, it's kind of like, ah, oh, people just probably stored them up. Maybe, maybe it's temporary that they'll be cheap. I don't know. Cause like loads of people probably have a ton of them because it feels bad to sell the labs cards if you can't buy them back easily and they don't take up much space. But, and if you just have to sell them to therapists, I can't actually remember what the therapist sale price is. I think um, it's so- like, 680 
or sorry, uh, like 60K? 68K, yeah. Uh, I think. Bad. I don't know why that number's in my head, but it is. 60, oh, apparently 63 now. Okay. Yeah, close. Pretty close. Yeah, so 63K, but you think like, oh man, it's like 166K to buy them, and you can only yeah. buy, well, you could only buy one per each right? Yeah. And now it's two, and now you can buy That's them off the flea. So, yeah. so maybe people had them stored up, like we'll see where it settles out now that they're back on the flea. It could end up being slightly higher than the. I wouldn't be surprised if they're just like 170 on the fleet eventually once the, the glut of storage of people going like, oh, you can sell these now. Oh, let's put them up on the market. Once that feeds through, then you're just looking at like the current supply of labs cards versus people buying them. I feel that that might end up being just around the trader price, but we'll see. But yeah, I mean, other than just being annoying, going like, oh, I want to play like I, I ran into this a few times. Like I was trying to right. play labs for the MCC GPSAs and I could only buy one per reset. And like, I just kept forgetting because like, I've got better things to be doing in my life than just like setting timers for the bloody therapist mm. reset. You know what I mean? And so I'd forget and I'd get like, you know, I'd stream on Monday and I'd use like four out of five cards and I'd have one card left and then I'd forget a few times and I'd buy three and then I'd do the stream and I'd buy one when I get on and I have like four now and then I do four raids and I can buy one more and then I do one more raid and then I'm just like, well, I'm out guys. Like, you know, we've done two hours of labs and now I'm out. I've got another hour and a half to go on my stream and I'm out. So it's just like, that is just annoying. Um, yeah. And then there's the question is like, is it even worth, you know, doing that? Like in your case, yes. Cause that's like the only, re the only reason you have the, to go there primarily is for your quest. Yeah. Right. So because so, you know, circling Sorry, circling back to you know the the beginning how we started this, like if this stays for next wipe, um and, and, you know, there, is there's implications to that. So like I would imagine like this is I'm gonna do different uh, I'm gonna go all over the place here. So like that's okay. The I was thinking, so I'm, I'm, I got this other side project, and it's like a con, you know, an actual Tarkov content piece, and, um, you know, I was coming up with some ideas, was brainstorming with other people, and it was like, well, you know, what if, what if at the start of the wipe, you know, we tried to like get to labs as fast as possible and get like super geared up, you know, and it's like, well, you, like they've nerfed a lot of the raiders, like we could get some gear, but then like, what are we gonna do after that? And then it's like, well, a lot of the good stuff. Is probably locked behind the key card rooms, and those are like one percent, you know, less than one percent drops. And then, like, how do you even get a key card <laughs> at the start of wipe? Like, and I didn't know about scavs, but that that's a lot of grinding. Even if you're just like trying to kill bosses, like that's still a lot of grinding. Like, it's a, it's a lot of grindy stuff to do that. And, and then the question is like, is it even worth it to do it? You know, in the first place, and like, is all this just this these restrictions are based around like cheating and rmt is that like the case you know I, I can't say one way or the other but nonetheless um i and, and in some ways i feel like if the most reliable way to get key cards consistently is to play scav then i almost feel like it's probably good that you can't sell those on the flea market but it's just like you know scav is just kind of like it's not free money but it's just zero risk you pay an opportunity cost sure but you're just given you you're if you if you're a good scav you're just kind of given like good loot you know what i mean yeah and i do those like 
But I mean, it kind of it is depending on what you do, right? Like, as I don't play that much Scav now because I want to play more PMC, and I just do the run through factory. Mm-hmm. You just you just roll inventories. That's it. You just roll for inventories. It takes it takes like it takes so little time, right? Like scaving into the factory takes no time to queue, yeah. much less time to queue than PMC. When you like the worst case is that you spawn in and it's fourteen minutes. And you have to wait one minute before you can leave for it to be final raid. But that's like the worst case. It's like it's so quick to do. You can go and loot a box, right? And then oh, yeah. it's time to leave. Um, yeah, I mean, I was just looking at the access. So it's like therapist four, right? Which or is mechanic three barter, <laughs> which is expensive. Yeah. Um, or mechanic four barter, which is actually even more expensive. But yeah, yeah. PSG balance, Keck W. Um, so it's like, yeah, you know, how are you going to get them, right? And it's like, yeah, they're on pretty much on. It is pretty much on scav only. Like it is kind of weird, right? It's really the only way to get them routinely. It's where I get most of my finding raid ones. It's just from spamming scav through factory whenever I have a piece of downtime, mm-hmm. which is bizarre. And once you get over about four scav karma and you have all of the stuff like Intel Center and whatever, like your scav timer is really low. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what it is, but like even now, like I'm not even six fence rep or whatever. And I'm, it's like six minutes or something. It's like absurd. Like by the time that you've even, even if you've run through factory, like by the time you've like sorted the kit out, like normally I just try and sell it all to traders now. So I don't waste too much time. But if you actually go through and like maximize it and sell everything on the fleet, by the time you've done it, like the scabs back off cool there. I mean, you just run, you can basically just run scab infinitely if you really want to through factory and just make like tons of money. Cause each time you roll in, you just got random stuff. Like the last one I had one of those like MGT thingies that you can sell to a therapist or you get like an ETG stim or like whatever. Right. Like it's also the best way to complete samples of the quest because yeah. you get random stims on your scab too. It's like, it's, it's wild what you get on, on scab, but there's not really any other good way of doing it because I feel that I think that they nerfed the amount that they spawn on bosses a lot. I mean, I remember people yeah, talking about did. that. Like, yeah, I don't kill enough bosses to know precisely, but I, I feel like I haven't got the labs card off a boss for a while. But whereas it used to feel like almost every other time that you kill the boss, got a labs yeah. card. Like, why did they get rid of that? Like, bosses are hard enough as it is. Like, you couldn't sell the labs cards on the fleet before. I mean, like, maybe now. Like, but again, it's just like an extra piece of loot. You know, you get 160k for killing the boss. Okay, that's fine. Like, what's the big deal? It's just, I don't know. It feels like going through this process and thinking about this idea that I was referring to, it just feels like the philosophy is a very long grinds that they want people to experience, you know, and, and that's, that's so, you know, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. I would, I would think anyways, but it just makes what we were trying to do just challenging. Cause you, you, it's very hard to like, you basically just have to go through all the hoops, you know, mm. and that's just, that's just the game, you know, there's just kind of no, there's not like a big crazy thing to do early in the way. Like you know shortcut I mean? or something. Yeah, but something that's like insane, like, you know, like, in, for example, in, in Daisy, you could run to military base, but you'd have to like, you're investing so much time to run mm. all the way there. And then, like, are you even guaranteed to find something? Like, all the zombies, someone else might also be doing a thing. If you die, you just wasted, like, an hour. You know what I mean? There's not, like, a... Whereas yeah. Tarkov is just kind of like, eh, you'll get there eventually. And then, like, you, you die, but it's not, like, a big deal. You know, it sucks. But, you know, it's, it's a very slow crawl to the top, you know? It's so structured. That's the thing. It is actually yeah. so structured, Tarkov, right? It's like, as we say now, it's like, yeah... Level four therapist for guaranteed. Level three mechanic for the bosses. Right. That's it. That's really it. But then like stuff happens in weird ways. It's like the the drop rate of this thing is like, yeah, it's on scav. 
for some reason, but like no jackets and like hardly anything on bosses. Like we need a bit of a, you know, these things need to be rebalanced a little bit to be like the way that it seems to me, it's not even that no one should be going to labs early. It's almost more that I would rather the spawn rates be more interesting and be on bosses and stuff like that. Right. And then not be on the flea. That'll be fine because it's like, oh, you know, I find I killed Vishala or whatever. Well, I'm going to go find Vishala to go and get a labs card because they're like, you know, this coveted thing and I can go early. If I kill him, like you have to go and do the thing to then get the to get the item to then go to labs to then get the cool stuff. Right, that's or like... you can grind up the traders. Like it gives you alternatives. Whereas now it's just kind of like, oh, I just got to do. I just got to quest more, like for everything. You know, it's the only that's answer feels, like, most of the time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, in theory, you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess you could always get lucky still, but because the luck is so high, you know what I mean? It's just like yeah, it's I, just not I, consistent and not fun to try and like, you can't try. This is a, this is actually this is a big point of something that I've been thinking about with a lot okay. of this stuff. It's like you just with a lot of the high tier items. Like well, I've got bits about this in my like thing that I've been writing. But say like um, I don't really know how this will translate properly. But like say like Diablo two because I always thought, I always refer back to Diablo two. Like there were certain bosses that dropped certain things, and there were certain bosses that dropped certain runes and stuff like that, and they were like important because you needed to combine them together to do, you know get higher tier runes you could combine like three runes like they had like Diablo 2 had this like ridiculous system for uh, gems and also runes as well where they're all tiered um and three of the lower tier makes one of the higher tier which means that you need like you know if you have like all the lower grade gems okay runes, it takes like you know an inordinate amount to get to the higher tier stuff right but if you get like some in sort of the mid to high tier, you could combine them together in a sort of different way to get something better. And there were certain bosses that would drop some of these like you know decent runes, so you could eventually grind your way up to the top in theory. So you kind of and have like like... two paths in a sense. Kind of, yeah. I mean, you might get the drop itself, but there was also mm. ways to combine them together. If you did grind it over and over, eventually you would get there probably, yeah, because you had enough of the lower runes to like make it. Um, but you could, you would actually go, you would actually like have the ability to go and try to do the, the precise thing that you want to do. Like, oh, it's not like the, you're in the ball, you're in the right ballpark. Let's put it that way. Right. You want to grind for runes. Okay. We're going to kill this particular boss. You want to grind for like items for this particular thing. Like, okay, well, this is a different boss you have to go and kill. Whereas like Tarkov right now, it feels a bit like, okay, what are the like super coveted items? Okay. It's like the alt in the Reese T, you know, maybe the Juk six, the armor, you've got like the seven and 40 bullet. How do you get those things? Freaking like just run stashes is it anywhere, any stash anywhere. And the the chance of getting one is minuscule or run the scav case for like a minuscule chance. Like, you can't you can't do anything. You have no player agency to try and increase the odds of doing this stuff, right? Yeah. And it's not like I want it's not well, like I want guaranteed spawns for for items. Yeah. It's like you can't you want it's a little bit like the labs thing. It's like, okay, you want MCC GPSA, you have to go to labs and hit these spawns. They're not always there. They're pooled with other items. Same with the Vertex. I've been running Vertexes and COFDM radio things on Lighthouse too. It's like, okay, well, I have to go to these certain places to go and get them, but they're not that often spawning the actual item in that particular place. So I have to go to here, to here, to here, to here, to here, to here, you know, Merin Boot, the Hillside House, into chalets, these separate spots, this spot here, this spot here. Maybe I could go to reserve instead. Like, I feel like I have some player agency there. Whereas for, there's a lot of items that you just don't have any agency. It's just like, this thing's just, it's just rare TM. Mm-hmm. What can I do about that? Absolutely nothing. And that just feels, it just feels crappy. Well, it's like, I would Whatever. say what, what you can do about it is you grind the quest. Well, I guess in the case, because they've restricted a lot of these things, that's not really hmm. the case now. But previously, you would just grind the quest while also hitting the caches. You know what I mean? Because it's like, yeah, it's not like this. Eat, like in the Diablo example, it sounded like 
you know, you could, you know, collect, it's like a collect-a-thon. You could collect a few pieces here and there, uh, sort of like passively, and then fill in the gaps with actively seeking out some of these collect-a-thon items. So, oh, yeah. so you, you sort of have like a, like you're going to get there eventually if you get unlucky or if you, you know, fail the, mm. co- a certain collect-a-thon. Like it would be insane, but like there's there's still like a viable path there, and there's a viable path for like actively seeking out each of the things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like a whole there's a whole extra layer on the Diablo thing because mm-hmm. it's like you could also it, it's all actually almost a little bit like the old flea market barter thing for the really high. You had that like upper echelon of items, like all the marked keys and all the colored key cards, and okay. like. Uh, Hillside House Merrin when they were good, plus, you know, mm-hmm. the streets, that's the special room on streets. I can't remember its name off the top of my head. But um, the all of those ones where we were only barters and you needed any item from this grouping, but they were all really, really rare. It was almost a little bit like that as well as another overlay on D2. So it's like, oh, if you want this specific room that's like really, really high level, you could trade it for something with somebody. But you, also, you had to have something that was also really good, right? You can't just, right. You can't just throw like tons of junk at them and then accept, expect them to accept it. But that's it's more complicated than something like D2 because you might have a really rare item for Paladin, but you play like Mage. Right. You know, and it's useless to you, but it's invaluable to someone else. Yeah. So you kind of then go, okay, well, then they've got a rune that's like, then you can combine with, like, you've got three out of the four runes that you need to make use of. It was like a super cool system. I love D2's system. They had this thing called Rune Words, basically. So you, you have like, I mean, you've never played today, Diablo no, again, right? I missed out. So, like, the the super basics of it was that certain pieces of armor had um they're called socketed and they basically had yeah. slots in them okay right? so you have like one to six slots i think yeah. maybe even up to eight I, I can't remember maybe it was up to eight in the expansion it's been a long time since i played but anyway so you could just put gems in there so you put like a bunch of like red gems in a sword and you get fire damage you put a bunch of red gems in the shield and you get fire resist right it's like that kind okay. of system but then in the expansion, they added these runes as well, which is cool. And so different runes did different things. And they were a bit more um, a bit more versatile than just the gems. You didn't just, you know, people just used to get like up to perfect gems and then just like fill them with like perfect diamonds to get like all the, all the resistances across like a, the rainbow of elements. <laughs> but with the runes, it was a bit, a bit different. Like they were, they were good, but not like on their own. They were like, all right. But there were these things called rune words. And if you combined a certain set of runes together, it would do like a special thing. Oh, I see. That's cool. Which is really sweet. That's a really so cool you, idea. Yeah. yeah. So depending on like what build you were doing and precisely what character class you were, certain rune words worked better or worse. And some of them were just like absolutely like off the chain nuts, <laughs> which is why they were so cool. It'd be like you could play Paladin and get a rune word that basically gave you the sorceress's teleport in one of your shields or on your armor, I think it was which is just like completely mental. And someone would just give you like crazy mana regen. So they allowed you to access like ridiculous end game states that just are not possible cool. otherwise, which is super fun because you basically just run around feeling like completely OP most of the time. And then there's like extra hard levels and stuff that make it, you know, balanced and, and stuff. And everyone's got access to these things. So PVP is not, not crazy as long as it's balanced well. Anyway, so like it's, it's a bit more nuanced than an EFT because Tarkov's, Tarkov's like more difficult than that because it's not like a traditional RPG. You play as... It's not like a fantasy RPG, so you don't play as some kind of immortal character of like fighting off hordes of, you know, underlings. Plus, it's not a, it's not a traditional RPG either in the fact that it's a looter shooter extraction game instead, where like these individual like any individual item, the value of those items is 
degraded just on the basis that like when you die it's gone you know there's like a lot of right. these rpgs are great because you can grind for a month to find this thing and then you're like now i feel like super powerful because i put it in my armor and i've finally completed my whatever it is that, that you've been looking for and now you're just some kind of like you know mm -hmm. almighty god but and when you die you like you don't lose that thing you know it's like it's just yeah. different yeah it's just different so like that's that's another thing that Tucker voice has an issue with is that like no item is that great except actually for things the that permanently upgrade yeah. your account exactly <laughs> um which was why back in the day i mean i'm sort of veering wildly off track here because we're still we're still technically in the you know updates to the game section <laughs> we've already veered off um we'll try and bring it back but um things like you know mark dreams having like weapons cases and stuff because mm. the case is oh, a permanent upgrade to your account right those are such good days and dude. those and those were the sick the sick moments like i was thinking back to the really like cool like high-end octane stuff that you could do like now it's just like running around getting a million kills whereas like you know it's like veritas's video from like three years ago taking in like a thick items case into labs yeah and stuff like that right you can't do that now and it's like taking those... in scavenging boxes to interchange yeah and, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i that love kind of that thing. dude because you... it's, it's huge risk yes for huge reward yes and you could keep upping <laughs> the ante to like ridiculous proportions yes then. But you just can't do that now. And it's like, it's taken the top off the game. Yeah. Which is, which is a shame, right? It's like seeing somebody die with a thick case is a huge loss. And it's like, oh, that's it makes you but feel something. It's, a, somebody it's win, a net exchange and joy. The other person you're suffering yeah. is someone else's joy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then, yeah, then it's just like, oh, even people just like parking a thick items case somewhere random on the map and just going back and forth to it, just like filling it up with stuff <laughs> next to the elevator yeah. and then like hit the button and just like crawl out the last final like three feet. <laughs> You know, it's just like yeah it's just different yeah it was just different so anyway and that's tying it back to labs that is how i conceptually see labs i don't know how bsg see it but that's kind of how i would see it is it's this restricted area you know it's like highly guarded highly secured there's a lot of valuables in there um and it's not necessarily easy to get access to and mm -hmm. it's expensive you know like i guess We'll just stick with it's not easy to get access to, right? So that makes it valuable. It makes the key card valuable. But, like, the way they have it set up is, like, it's not really all that valuable. Like, you need, mm. like, the Thanos key cards to really get the full value of it. You need every color, dude. <laughs> you really do. I mean, I, I could be wrong. I don't I'm not. They've changed it now. I think there's a couple rooms where you can loot valuables that are not locked, but... I mean, I, I don't know. I can't I can't say for certain, you know, what the value is, how much you're going to get a return on your investment. But nonetheless, conceptually, I like the idea, whereas now it's like, OK, you want to do this thing, do this entire quest line and reach this specific level and unlock this. Barter. <laughs> now you can do it. And oh, yeah, by the way, it's not really that great <laughs> because X, Y and Z. Mm. yeah yeah no i kind of agree i agree so it's just a weirdness thing with the tweaks and things i think one one issue that labs has is that it became like the de facto arena for the chads because sure. of the way that it was set up and it was not like really intended like that way by bsg it's just it was everything was just free to like at one point it was free to access there weren't even cars and that's where most people cut their teeth and learned how to become a labs main um it was where people just did the stuff because there was no insurance and that was the downside and then there was the cards so now people didn't want to go so it kind of gate kept a lot of the community out there especially if you started later like all these guys like learned to play when it was free to go um i got took this huge advantage of just playing there all the time and then um and then it's they've slowly been putting the walls up around it which is kind of the way it 
sort of should be in the story but like because Tarkov never had any story like the game that people were playing was the one without story and that's what they liked and like it's that's kind of half of the problem I think the PSG's got is that they're changing the game that people came to know and love maybe I don't know it's it's tricky it's just it's just really tricky now like exactly how to do it I mean they they yeah. have forced people away with this the changes that they made before they're making it so you could only buy like one card at a time and stuff like people were playing different maps um, but that's been going on for a while now. So, like, whether people will go back to labs, I'm not sure. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, yeah, when I played it, like, the loot seemed okay. Like, it seemed pretty good. So you can get decent stuff there. But I don't, I don't think it's... You're not pulling, you know, two mil consistently or whatever, unless you go around and loot yeah. absolutely everything. But, yeah, it's... I mean, it's... But it are, was, you, are you making fine. a return on your... Like, are you breaking yeah. even at least? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, you still find the MCC items and stuff every now and then, like an okay. MCC is like 170k or something. Um, you know, it's, it's four slots, but like two by two, but it's a lot of money. And like you go in, there's like golden rooster and you know, the parking like bit all the time, like VPXs, uh, like I found a there, but there's like gold chains and stuff on the, you know, so there's like two open safes in the, in the, in the offices. Like that. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of loot around broadly. Um, you'll find enough stuff to, certainly break even it's, it's tricky though because when you die obviously you lose everything and there's no insurance, sure so. but like in your case it's kind of a win if you're breaking even because you're only there to find a very singular specific item to complete a quest right that's true but i do think i was making money as well while sure. showing especially when i wasn't dying like when i didn't die like five <laughs> times in a row because sometimes that did happen right um but like broadly speaking after after a while of playing i was probably dying like every other rate i would say it's like you know 50 percent 45% survival rate, something like that. And the raids that you did win on, you did, and if you tried, because I was going to lots of loot spots, which again, is kind of unusual for me, but mm -hmm. I was going to lots of these loot spots. So it did then end up feeling quite profitable once you added it all up because you're picking okay. the items that are good. And a lot of them are actually like really quite good as opposed to just being like, oh, 10K, like I'm picking up you know, right. 10 sets of wires or whatever. Right, it's right. like, you know, yeah, as I said, I got like a, you've got a golden rooster in there and you've got like a, a VPX in your, Secure container and like it's that's pretty good. It was, it, was, it was okay. It was all right. So maybe it's not the way it used to be. But coming from somebody who was fresh-ish to the loot run or whatever, I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Because people complain about interchange and stuff as well, and it's like, yeah, maybe the loot rooms are not that good. But I've been playing interchange a lot recently, and you just wander around, grab stuff, and just make freaking loads of money. <laughs> they can make. Yeah, it used to be a lot. I mean, the graphics cards and tech, like back in the day, it was busted. Yeah. It was absolutely. I'm sure. Busted. Yeah. And so but, people compare it to that. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I don't know if that's a good thing, especially mm. given secure containers. But anyways, anyway, a whole other topic. Uh, so, yeah, next so that's, one. That's the labs cards. Um, <laughs> Nailed that one. Gosh. So uh, yeah, so the other one is uh, inertia. So they've mm -hmm. changed inertia. Now this one's a little bit confusing. So BSG basically have said so they've come out and done balancing changes, like they have been doing recently actually telling us what they've done which is cool new balancing changes reduce the effect of the strength skill on the walking speed i didn't actually know strength affected your walking speed but yeah. there you go can you learn it here first along with me significantly reduce the effect of the strength skill on inertia is what bsg have said now logical our main man logical has come out with <laughs> some numbers Mm -hmm. I really don't know what it means at all. So this is really not the most useful thing. But he just said, you know, BSG have announced the change. Here are the values. Walking speed was reduced by 16.63%. Inertia stat was reduced by 75%. But he was just like, for those wondering, I'm honestly not really sure what this means. Um, I've 
I'm waiting for like you know the data team to have a look at it. But um, there was an update, I believe, from one of the guys at BSG. Uh, and they said it's more of a change for those who didn't reach elite strength yet. PMCs at lower levels of strength will have a little bit faster walking speed. PMCs at lower levels of strength will be less affected by inertia, basically equalizing the effects between high and low levels of strength. So it's just closing the gap, it seems. Yeah, yeah. Which I guess they're not technically walking faster, but relative to the people at the high levels, they're walking faster than they were before. Yeah, so it sense. sounds like yeah, it sounds like if you're level one strength, mm -hmm. it sounds like you probably will be quicker. And that, but if you're at max strength, then you will now be slower, is what it sounds like. So it's to decrease the range. So if you're in the middle, it's probably the same. You probably don't really notice. Mm -hmm. Quicker than before? I think so. It says, it says here, like, PMCs at lower levels of strength will have a little bit faster walking speed. I guess it's possible. Specifically. I don't, yeah, I don't know how the systems work, so I can't say one way yeah, or I mean, it can't be that much. I've never noticed the walk speed change, honestly. Like, you notice it when you're running, but not not that big a deal is it walks what do you mean walk speed change <laughs> that would like the fact that the walk speed is now different i mean i've never noticed that my walk speed change i mean it's, it's again it's one of those things the walk speed is slow the percentage change to increase in walk speed is going to be small relatively and throughout a whole wipe like i don't normally get to max anyway so me going over oh, four months saying. going up 30 levels of strength i've never noticed the walk speed changing and you normally I mean, notice it uh, when you're running uh, uh i mean i feel like i noticed it i mean i don't know i haven't gotten the few times I've gotten max strength, I've I could instantly tell when I ticked over to max strength because you're just like, you you just walk so much faster. Like it's Even such walking. a, yeah, dude. It's like it's okay. such a, uh, I mean back then it was more busted. Maybe now it's not so much, but like when you used to, because your weight would not only would your you know you would get a percentage increase in like your movement speed. But your weight would decrease, so you would get yeah. that. Even you would just get a massive. And yeah, I mean, it's just, it's. I was actually just watching a landmark video <laughs> recently, and uh, he was like on factory of a Glock six eighteen C, and uh, yeah, it's like his it his moves is like it's just crazy the way he strafes around corners. It's like, it's not that he doesn't have inertia. It's just that he moves faster than, like, if you're on level one, like it's just it's so different because. Again, the skill leveling in the game is like one through ten is uh kind of lin uh linear or not mm. not linear it's um exponential, meaning that it's easier to level up once you hit at the early levels once you hit ten and past that it's just a it's the same requirement it's like a hundred skill points oh, or whatever yeah, the, oh yes the skill the skill leveling yeah indeed so it's like in that you know, 10 to, like, 20 range, where, like, probably a lot of the average people sit in, like, the middle of the wipe. Um, you know, it's, like, it's better than level 1, but it's not really that big deal, whereas, like, if you're level 50, 51%, like, it's a, it's such a big difference. Anyways. That's the thing, I've I'm never had my strength, so I just haven't felt it, but, um... Right, that anyway, you, I mean, I thought you have. Huh. No, I, the only time that I ever got it was, I didn't really count, right? It was in like the end of wipe events. I don't even know if I got strength. I might have just got endurance. I can't remember. Okay. And um, they, you know, they like increased skill leveling by like 50x or something oh, that's stupid. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had like, 
And you had the and you had this the stupid you could drink a condensed milk and just have like infinite stamina. That kind of like there was it was in that it was only in that period that I've ever had, and I can't even remember which one it was. Um, but I've never had it normally. But like Axel retweeted it and said, one, PMC feels more clunky. Fair enough. I mean he's presumably max strength. Two, feels a bit more like your PMC is drunk. <laughs> I mean, when it's a step change, I guess that's that's right. Three, close range fights feel slower in a better way, as no one is zooming. Which is interesting. And he said, I think many casuals will like that. Personally, I don't like the fact that the game is slowing further, as well as the lowered skill ceiling. Fair enough. That <laughs> sounds like a pretty honest, honest appraisal. My skill I mean, the, ceiling. The class. No, yeah, the, the lower that you make the, the player movement speed, and the, the harder the effect of, injur- of, uh, of endurance, of inertia that you add, the skill ceiling does get lower. This is true. It's just true. When they added inertia, the skill ceiling got lower. It's true. Whether then it's good or not for the game, I don't know. But I've always stood by that fact. I'm pretty pretty sure because it's it's a different set of skills, but it's not like yeah. you know pure. It's more like it becomes more positioning and more tactical, mm-hmm. and also campy. Right, that's the all the, the other kind of the dark edge to the to that sort of angle versus you know run around hyper super octane. We're playing Apex Legends within the EFT engine. Yeah, I mean, I would just say that your me- your mechanical skill changes. Like, it's not solely, uh, like in in the high, in the case you're, you know, Apex Legends. We talked about many times. It's, there's a lot of like tracking involved. You know, mm. a lot of mouse movement. Um, Counter Strike. There is some tracking, but there's a lot of like emphasis on. You know, counter strafing, positioning, like a lot of like, there's a lot of keyboard focus. Like aim is still yeah. extremely important in counter strike, and there's a you know pre aiming and you know crosshair placement, all that stuff is still hyper important. But without that like inertia mechanic, um, there's just a huge emphasis on your keyboard side of the things, which I think it applies yeah. to Tarkov a bit, but because it's janky, you know, it's maybe maybe a little less so, but. I would almost argue that CS, yeah, CS is definitely more Tarkov-like because it's like, CS is like, you know, aim is important, but it's a different kind of aim. Like Apex is like tracking aim, as you're saying, because it's like people have like loads of HP. Whereas like in CS, people don't actually have that much HP. Right. And if you're using the AK, they die in a single shot to the head. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's about like that. Then it's again, it's about, yeah, crosshair placement and positioning. And like looking through, you know, you got like the one wall and the other wall and you're like, (laughs) and somebody crosses, bang, you know, it's like, (laughs) It's 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 different. It's more, it's closer to Tarkov, I would argue, than, than yeah. Apex. Yeah. So it's but it's it's yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky. I don't know. It's different. But anyway, I can say, I can see the argument for the skill ceiling being lowered. It's like, is it harder to differentiate between two high tier players of similar but not quite the same skill with inertia being higher? I think yes. It's hard to justify. <laughs> Like completely and prove it, but I feel I feel the answer is yes. I don't know. That's yeah, maybe me. I don't I don't know either. <laughs> Hard to know. So anyway, that's kind of like a few people's thoughts on on this topic. I mean, I don't really know. I played a scav raid or two on Factory just to test it because I was testing out something else as well, which um, I guess I may as well mention now. Desmond Pilaki was talking about how there is potentially a new like micro bug. With this new inertia change, now I don't know whether it's because of the inertia change itself or something else or whatever, but it seems now, so the, the old system used to be if, you, if you're if you walking forwards 
and you press shift, you start to run. If you hold shift and then you press W to walk forwards, you don't run, you just walk because it ignores shift because that happened before. If you're stationary and you press shift and then W, there's a very small window in which if those two keys are too close together, even if you press shift first, you won't run. Which it's quite niche. You have to be stood still and you have to tap the two keys really quickly. Something that doesn't really happen to me that often, but I guess, you know, a top tier player would notice something like that. And he's noticed it and said, this has only just appeared. Very obvious to him that it's only just appeared. I tested it alongside these other things. The inertia stuff didn't seem any different to me playing my scav. I can't even remember what level my scav is on strength and stuff. It's probably about 10 or 15, something like that, I would guess. Um, maybe even less because you have hardly ever overweight on scavs. Yeah. It might even be like eight or seven or something. Um, but the walk, the like being stationary and then going to run thing does actually, it is, it is, it is a thing. I think using the usual timing that I tend to <clears> use, <throat> my usual pattern on the keyboard, it probably doesn't happen. But it, you can make it happen if you're trying to be really precise about your shift and W, the most important of keys. If you're a precision shift W player, you will feel it. And it may, it may happen sometimes then that you don't run when you think you would, because you would have before, because you definitely do press shift. It's like, it's, it's very small. We're talking like a frame or two. But like, even if you do it quickly, it works normally. But if you do it like really quickly, then it stops working, which is weird. And yeah. He says apparently this wasn't the thing before, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's really odd. I mean, I I feel like I have to like play and test it out to kind of understand what it feels like. I mean, it's just also kind of weird that this cropped up because they changed like two values mm. that we know of at least. Um, which makes me wonder if like I don't know the sprinting in Tarkov is really weird to begin with. Like it's because you. I think by default you're supposed to hold the shift key, but if you hold it prior, like if if you hold it prior to walking forward, then you will sprint. But if you're walking forward and then try to hold it, you won't sprint. There's it's it's really weird. I mean, you have in my opinion, you have to change it to a different where it's like uh toggle sprint. Like mm. you instead of like instead of holding it, you toggle it. It makes it, in my opinion, makes it better. But or, or maybe it's I don't know. Whatever. I'm I haven't played Tarkov in a minute. To be honest, I can't even I can't yeah, precisely cool. describe the. I think for most people it won't matter, just simply because normally you're walking. Like very rarely you stood still, and then moving into a sprint. I guess it's because of the way. Like I've I've watched Desmond play a bit, and it's kind of the way that he plays, which is where he's like really, really, really aggressive. And then he'll like suddenly hold an angle. And then he'll push like crazy, right? So it like depends on what he hears, what he sees, what the mm -hmm. players do. And he's like, he, he switches very quickly between being completely stationary and being like super move, like super aggressive and moving all over the place. So that maybe be, maybe that's because of his like play style and the way that he plays the game. More so that he notices it more than like somebody like me would. Cause like I'm almost always walking usually or i'm like completely still and i'm like very i guess like my timing's probably just not tight enough to run into a sprint that quick i, I, I don't know i'm not sure i think most people won't notice but now that now that now that i've told you all now you won't be able to unsee it one of those beautiful things <laughs> you've been blissfully ignorant before and now uh now now that you've been told now you won't be able to get it out of your head so uh, you can thank me for that <laughs> Yep. Yeah, so that is basically i think is that all the changes i think that's everything 
It's things, all the changes. All the changes and stuff that's been happening. Not too much. So I guess we're going to move into basically what we're going to spend the rest of the cast talking about because it touches on every element of the game. Whoa. And there was... Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Sorry, there was a clip. Back to my YouTuber voice. <laughs> this changes everything. <laughs> <laughs> there was a clip that got circulated on Twitter and uh, I guess other places, which was on Landmark Stream. And he basically said BSG reached out to him to compile or you know, give him the opportunity to compile a list of feedback or things that are busted, and why people are not liking the game or what we think is broken, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he basically said, uh, I don't really know exactly how to approach this. Asking Twitch chat seems like a mistake, <laughs> which is probably right. And he's like, you know, I don't know really the best way to do this um, to get quality feedback without it just being completely overwhelmed by just crap feedback, basically. And he was like, you know, probably the best way is to go out to a bunch of other creators. So he he just talked about it in general. And like, I've seen a few people talking about some ideas, but I think this has sparked a lot of discussion and conversation, like a lot of people dipping in with their different ideas of stuff. Um, and I just like I it's, it's hard to know exactly where to start. I mean, I was talking a couple of episodes ago about putting together some kind of like master document of all the problems about the way that the game is structured to try and figure it out and like crowdsource it kind of thing. And I'm like, I'm, I've actually started to do that now, but kind of because of this, I feel like it's, you know, I, I was starting to think about making a video about this thing and about stuff that I think is broken, sort of in the same vein as like the alien tech video, that kind of that kind of format. Not maybe not so much like, you know, where we say in the whole world. The other one, yeah, the one about the muzzle break that they deleted. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I was thinking of the gaming company. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, so less of a, like, rant, but more of a kind of, like, here's the topics and, you know, try and break it down in a sensible way, which... And that's the thing, like, if if I'm thinking about a topic in a video-style format, then I will usually then, like, break it down better in my own head because I'm, like, compiling... Okay, well, it has to be much more structured and logical and, like, thought through... But like now that I've started reading out some of these things, it started to become pretty crazy. I mean, there was a load of feedback from Tig on Twitter <laughs> with kind of his list, which I thought was interesting. Like, and it's useful to read what other people have said. Like, this is the thing: we need to all come together to figure it out. And some, and there are going to be some points to this conversation that are going to be down to personal preference, and that is honestly unavoidable yeah it is ah, i mean maybe i just go through my list i don't know so oh god it's just like it's it's so there's so much i'm not well, even sure where to begin genuinely let's uh let's let's read um because tig's got a response and then i think there was someone else you wanted to bring maybe not no I just let's, someone else no let's do let's do so he said Saw that you reached out to Landmark, Battle State, in regards to things that are hurting the game. Without a doubt, here are the biggest issues that you'll ever need to fix. Loot balancing across all the maps. Massive issues across most maps. Now, he doesn't elaborate here in particular. There's some elaboration required there. Yes, there's some elaboration required. I've heard him talking about this before. I mean, yeah, different maps have different amounts of loot, and different areas on different maps also have have quite significantly different amounts of loot. I I think mostly what he's talking about here is about streets and, and lighthouse maybe having such good loot compared to other maps like why would you go anywhere oh, right, the streets? Like, what's right. the point of going to labs if you can just go to streets i think but i'm not sure i don't want to put words in his mouth yeah um 
Bosses being high risk no reward. Yeah. Which I, I mean, kind of just talked about. Yeah. Know, PvP is at an all time low, forcing everyone to hide away in camp extractions, which is kind of true as well. Like, and, and this is the thing like, some of these, I'm, I'm trying to take, I guess this is just me, my comment on that one. I'm trying to take some of these, like, output observations mm-hmm. and bring them back into the game structure and say, how did we end up here? Like, mm-hmm. is, is, this, is this actually valid for a start? Right. And like, if it is valid, if this is a valid outcome of the system that we've got based upon the emergent player behavior from the structure of the, of the design, how, how is that the case? Why is that the case? And then how do we reverse it or subvert it or whatever to change it so that it's not the case? Um, marked rooms are in desperate need of boss to incentivize running them. Which is kind of what we talked about before about cases and the permanent upgrades being like Tarkov's yeah. like big thing. So I kind of agree there broadly. Uh, content creation has never been worse because of these issues. I mean, yeah, whatever. Like content creators, we can we can mm. kind of shove it, but you know, <laughs> yeah, I guess it's sort of important. Also, please modify finding raid so it's only active for questing. The system you added is what hurt EFT the most in the past few years. Just don't allow players to sell ammo off players, and you won't break your game's balance with higher tier ammo. We should probably pause on that one for just a quick second. I don't want to linger too much just to like, get too into the weeds too fast, but like, Embrace I'm the not weeds. sure. I'm not sure about that one because if you allow the armor back on the flea yeah. to be sold from other players, or it depends exactly on how that is intended to, what, what that's intended to mean. Is that like any armor from players you can sell? Is it still locked by? On the fleet, like you can't just like. Could, I guess you can then like. Well, could you then flip it from the traders? I don't know. Are we talking about like player gear becomes finding raid the moment you step into the raid, except for your friends? Like if you know, can tier five armors be bought uh... from Ragman and then sold on the fleet to people at level fifteen? Like and this is the thing. These are sort of some of the like minutiae questions. But maybe maybe we ignore that and we just talk about like specifically players in raid being able to sell the items from the players in raid itself. It's like well. You're now allowing everybody who has level 15 to access mm-hmm. some good armor. If potentially, but most likely, yeah, because there's a lot of players. It's a global economy. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of players. You're like you're re-tagging. Like we're gonna we're gonna assume the like the least impactful change, which would be the system is exactly as it is now, except mm-hmm. through some magical process, player gear gets re-tagged as finding raid the moment that they enter the raid, except for the squad that they're with where it's still non-finding raid, right? So you can't just go in, kill your buddy, loot his stuff and leave, and then it'd be tagged, right? It's like, that's the, the basic mitigation there. Yeah, I mean... That then puts some of this high-tier loot on the flea. It's still not accessible on traders. The trader loot is still not accessible on the flea. This is like the, so that's like the minimum viable thing where it's like actually has an impact on the game, I feel. So it's like, okay, is it a good idea to have level 15 players be able to buy anything they like for cash? I, think, I, I personally think no. I think we've been there before. I think it completely negates the early game and the, get the early white mm-hmm. post-12-12 has been better off for it. Does it mean that players are gate-kept out of high-tier armor and ammo and they get destroyed by chads who get up to level 45 in the first week? Yeah, it does. I'm, yeah, it does. I'm sorry. It just does. Like, you, can't have, you can't have everything. Um, but the, the early wipe to me, like the, you should more be worried about... like the, Yeah, some people are going to do that, but like the average player will take a lot longer to get up to that high tier armor and it makes the early wipe that much better in my opinion. I just I just don't agree with putting this stuff back on. And it's not for any kind of like 
who should it's not even for like who should get an advantage thing because like in arguably it's almost like well nah. arguably it's better for the low tier players because everyone can access at level 15 but as we've seen from prior experience low tier players tend not to buy the stuff and all you end up with is chads get to level 15 and they buy all the high tier gear because yeah. they're the ones who actually have the money because they can sustain their raids. So they have infinite well, gear. They bypass the trader, like the you know the the global limits. They bypass the you know per however many per hour per trader reset limits, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. It ends up becoming the chaz playground because all you're doing is like the the low tier player finally finds somebody, kills somebody with a headshot with Magnum Bark, and then they sell off the gazelle on the flea because they're not going to run the gazelle. They're going to carry money in the rat rate or whatever. Why do they not run the gazelle? Because they won't. Because it's just it's too high for them. Like they can sell it for. 160k on the flea market to somebody who doesn't have level 3 ragman and they think oh, I could buy like 5 kits for that it's always been like that right it's like people crafting amp like M61 to sell on the flea like before you could when you could still do that the, the low tier players have always done that because they, mm. they don't want to they don't want to use the high tier stuff because like because of but I mean, either like, because of like but, gear fear or because like yeah. it's a sensible choice yeah and but they're act they're actively trading like they're still getting the value of the item. It's just not in the actual thing it does. Like they're getting they're getting rubles for it, right? Like yeah. there's there's a there's a trade happening, you know. Like yeah. what I'm getting at is like I personally don't have a problem with like players trading. Like I think that's I think that's a really great thing. Mm. Um because they're getting something and you're getting something. You know what I mean? And like Unfortunately, the way Tarkov works is it's because it is a global economy. It's like you don't really care about who gets the thing. Like that doesn't really cross your mind. You know what I mean? Like in in yeah. in you know Rust or DayZ or these more open world survival games, it's you tend to value you know really think about do I really want to like tr give this thing away that's like threat that could be used against me? You know what I mean? Mm. Whereas in Tarkov, you really don't have that in your i don't think that's in a lot of players conscience in my opinion because it's just sort of like i'll trade so aggregated yeah that and i'll and i'll trade the temporary thing for a permanent thing because mm -hmm. in my opinion you'll take the cash and you'll use that to upgrade something that's permanent which i think is like honestly the correct play <laughs> for most yeah. people it makes sense um and i would say that the top tier players value this more because they are more confident in their ability to use a temporary thing to further their success with you know gaining rubles or whatever. So it's kind of like this weird symbiotic relationship. Mm. And I, I mean, I don't, I, 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 it, it kind of makes me sad because. You know, when when you do find something that's valuable, you know, to other players, I would like to, in some cases, you know, sell it and get, you know, things that I'm currently after. Um, and in some cases, I want to spend, you know, I want to invest a lot of rubles into something. Like if I'm going to do, you know, this crazy run and try to kill Rashala on customs and I want to, you know, I've been grinding, you know, all my cash up. And now I want to buy the the slick, the Alton, whatever. You know what I mean? I I I enjoy that experience as well. The the final thing I'll say is, I think a, a part of the problem is where's the money coming from, and I think that because you can play scav, 
and all your loot's found in raid, and you're effectively... Whereas you play in PMC, you have to risk something. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I guess not technically you can go in naked, but you're you're risking the fact that if you die with nothing in your container, you're going to pay seven or 19,000 rubles to therapists, whatever. You get, you get like an extra tax for being a hatchling. Um, but Scav, you don't have to risk anything. So you kind of just pump out, if you're successful, right? If you extract, you kind of just pump out free rubles at the cost of not risking anything, which I, yeah. I think is problematic because then you sort of have like an inflation of like if you remove scav and hypothetically just had the flea market, I think it would play maybe a bit differently in the market because you don't have that sort of safety net barrier. You you might value you actually might value armors more ammo more you know what i mean perhaps because you can't throw the kits away as easily because you can just like build it back through scarf like maybe yeah and it's like you may be less likely to sell it because it is it's the the value of it is increased because you don't have that safety net perhaps Mm. Yeah, it's it's tricky. Yeah, just just a thought, but none nonetheless, um, I personally don't have a problem with with selling stuff. But where Tarkov is right now, um, and how things are looking, shaping up, uh, I don't know. I I don't I don't really I don't know if I really care. <laughs> anymore, yeah, it's just that it, it's just that thing of. Do you want the players who find money easy to make being able to buy basically anything they want because the money doesn't matter? I feel I just feel like we've seen that before and I just feel like it ended badly. <laughs> like Yeah, I just I just feel like we've seen that before. Like you know, and then I almost feel that if you have the ammo is still restricted, but you can buy the armor, that's mm. almost worse. Yeah, it almost makes armor super valuable, now, right? Because armor's super valuable. Now, now though, see if people can't well, even kill you. Uh, I should say the ammo's really valuable, but but that's the thing is like but it's both. It's like the ammo is really valuable, but this this but you is, can't buy it. This but then is, it's like in my problem, like in my in my opinion, like the problem is the seller, not the buyer. Like if you're complaining about Chad's wearing the armor, it's like why are you selling the armors? You know what I mean? But then your your thing is like, well, I'm going to obviously sell it because I can do a permanent upgrade. And like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But like, you can't also, you can't have it both ways in my opinion. You know what I mean? It's just like, you're trading something. You know, you're there's a pro and a con. Like, you're giving away something, you're losing something at the same but time. Also, like, but as an individual, right, you have no agency over that. Because even if you decide not to and you're going to use it, like, everyone else will sell it. Like, it's you're still negatively affected by just like the broad behavior of the player base you know what i mean and the only way that you fix that is by forcing people not to be able to do it you're like i know you, i know what you're, you're saying, saying right? you're saying like as a collective people are selling these things to the chads and then complaining but it's like even mm-hmm. if you if you're just like well i don't want the chance to use this stuff even if you're, if you're one not person selling it to them. yeah you're one person who's like not mm-hmm. selling it to the chads everyone else still will be it's like just 
the way that markets go, right? So you can't change as an individual. Uh, but like the group, the group behavior, kind of like, I get it. But some people might not even be like that. They're like, oh yeah, I'll let the chats use the stuff because I'm going to get more value out of it for me in the way that I play, doing my thing because I can't really afford to run that kit. So that's just that's just the way it is. I, it's just like yeah, it's just it's just really it's a it's a complicated thing because it's it's also tied into the the whole like who should have what availability of what when and like should level one players be able to kill level 50 players and all of that stuff it's like the the tipping point and we talked talked a long time ago with um oh gosh what's his name i can't even remember now i can't remember his name but the guy from the guy from reddit and he had the oh that's the one he had the breakdown of the different like you know the eras of tarkov where it's like most in one shot thorax gear is useless and anybody can kill anybody because yeah. everyone just uses the most in and then you have the the juggernaut era where like no one can kill the, the top guys because none of the ammo can go through nothing can kill them fast enough before they've killed you it's like what you know they're all just things like which one is the right one what's the right way mm. to go about it for the player base like it's kind of tied into this too because like yeah i am no, advocating for more restrictions which actually makes it like it makes it harder in theory for the lower tier player because it means that you're not able to buy good stuff even if you want to, which is kind of crappy, I will admit. Yeah. But as as I said, like what we saw in practice was that lower tier players on the whole, not always, but on the whole were not buying the gear and all you ended up with was the chads and the players with all the money. I mean, it would make sense, right? Because you have to have the money to buy this stuff. So the guys with all the money were buying all the good things and then they were basically able to buy that from so you know, level level whatever effectively it's the same result either way the chads still get the good stuff because they grind more and are more successful and the lower players are still using the bad stuff because they don't play as much they're not as success successful they're diff they are they're the same but different in a nuanced way i feel because Mm -hmm. in the one model anybody has the ability to go and buy the stuff just one grouping of players decides not to for mm-hmm. economic reasons or whatever other reasons. In the other model, there are certain items that just cannot be bought. And so the chads then, everyone has an equal opportunity to find an alt in a stash because it cannot be purchased. Mm-hmm. But if you revert the system the other way, then like altins will then become finding raid off players who are using them and then they can be sold and they'll probably be bought more by the chads. And then you have more people running altins than you did before. So it's, it's sort of the same. Like the the, mm-hmm. the, the chads will always Basically, have better gear, right? The chads always have better gear than the, than the Timmies. That's a staple. That's just the way that Tarkov is always right. going to function. Because even if you made it completely hardcore and there were no traders, because the chads will just hit more stashes or they'll just hit more more loot containers and they will have more things and they will have better things for it because you both get the same loot pool. Um, and the chads are probably even hitting a higher tier loot pool. And then you're getting like, you know, 10 rolls as a chad versus one roll as a normal player. So you just have to use you know, the, the best items that you can out of that one roll, whereas the chads get 10 rolls of the same thing, so they can use the, the 1% better item rather than 10% better item. So the chads are always going to have better stuff, regardless, just because Tarkov's a time game, fundamentally. That's always going to be the case. But it's about like what, what's fair, what's good for progression, what's good for the game. I do feel like the restrictions have been good on the whole, because it's not, in the early days, it's actually not the chads like the, the real chads. It's not the real chads that dictate the early game. It's the average player base the sort of average mm-hmm. person, you know, the, the broad block of players moving through the trade of progression that dictates the feel of the early wipe. And when the average player could get to level um, level 15 and then buy like, you know, even like in your intermediate stuff without having the ragman levels for it, then you just saw loads more of that thing, loads more of that stuff early. You had like some people using really high-end gear, some people using mid-tier gear, and it just kind of bypassed the whole thing. Whereas like post-12-12, it's been a lot better. 
It's been a lot better on the field because like, people always complain about that. It's just like, oh, the wipe's done like 24 yeah. hours and everyone's going on with the slick and Alton. It's just like we seem to have forgotten yeah. all of these old arguments that we used to make about like why this sucked before. Well, I think part of the reason too is that there was an overabundance of high tier stuff. Like yeah. if something was extremely rare, like you, essentially how a rare item is or how valuable, I guess what it does for you. In other words, if Altons were like a point zero zero one percent chance drop, you know, they probably would sell for a crazy amount, maybe, mm. I don't know, but that could be one way to approach it. Because, I mean, previously, you, you could kill Rashala's guards and get, like, a, at least one Alton, maybe two, I don't know. Like, it was, it was pretty nutty back in the day, I, I remember. I mean, Altons were just, like, a dime a dozen, it felt like, but... um. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's like, I don't know. I was going to make a joke like, oh, so you're commie and you don't want a free market? Is that what it is? <laughs> like, I, I do agree. Like, in some ways, the the linear path is nice because it does make the early game feel like it's lasting longer. But the con with that is, like, I have to follow the linear path. Like, day one, the wipe. Yeah. You know, okay, you know, early on the wipe, it's like, I'm not going to see a... The, a wide range of diverse stuff typically you know what i mean it's mm. just like you see a lot of the same things because everyone's on the same path that was kind of one pro of the older system was some early on you could run into a really juice guy and like you may may or you know you may die you may win but if you know if you do win it's you know it's exciting like oh my god he's got a kill of us you know um i, I don't know it's yeah. it's such a tough one it just it really it all comes down with how bsg wanted play out exactly exactly let's let's carry let's carry on yeah, let's, carry yeah, on. let's yeah. try not get too bogged down because it's like there's so much i'm gonna read some of my stuff in a minute because i think okay. there's like oh god but it's like it's freaking just crazy dude there's like everything's interlinked and it's just a mess which is why i'm trying to like at least start to make some sense of it okay so the next part of tigs is one at least we'll finish his um cheaters are not controllable so stop trying your hardest to shape your game around them kind of agree i agree and um, this is only hurt your game and your audience what i mean by this is you ban said cheater you buy us a new account and then does it again, resulting in nothing, where the game is super hardcore like it is now, encourages more shitty behavior. This is why we have so many hackers, because the fun is shaped around winning uh, at all costs, um, and, uh, and all it costs to win is a new account and cheat. <laughs> kind of, but one final thing. <clears throat> Ever wonder why a majority of player base quits after max traders and Kappa most of the time? That's because there's nothing else to do after these things. In the past, what made EFT great was the action, the PvP, the weekend labs. Everything felt active and over the top because PvP was rewarding and engaging. You ruined... It's part of the game, and that's why wipes die off even quicker than before. And yes and no. There's a lot there, but I mean, like, yes and no. Like, people have played, like, eight wipes or whatever, and they get burnt out. Like, maybe, you know, maybe it would have been the same even if the, they kept the patches the same way. Maybe maybe not. Maybe people just enjoyed the PvP so much that it was self-sustaining. But, I mean, the, the wipes used to die off before, even prior to patch 12.12. And people always used to say, back then there was nothing yeah. to do, right? Kappa was too I mean, easy to get. So, I, mean, I think that's maybe rose-tinted a little. Yeah, I mean, the, the only thing I'll say about that is I think Tarkov really is a... Its loop is PvP. That's all it really has to offer, in my opinion. Yeah. And... Yeah, I mean, that's... You know, I've, I think it wants to be something else, but I think in reality, that's what it is. So... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I kind of... Yeah, I do sort of agree about the cheaters thing. But, um, okay, so... Let me let me just like okay let me let me just like read through some of the stuff that I wrote down. Okay. So that we can and then we'll we'll stop when we get to something interesting or we we suddenly it sparks something interesting. So I basically just wrote down 
what are the problems with Tarkov? Some fact. <laughs> so I started off saying, like, obviously, biggest priorities is audio networking and AI, but that's not really what this is about. This is about, like, game loop and balance and whatnot. So the most efficient way to progress in the game is to quest really hard until you hit level 42. Quests are the same every single wipe right now. That's kind of a problem, yeah. right? It is the most efficient way to progress in the game is to just, you just quest you quest, max yeah. traders. Or at least you're... level 40. You don't really need 42, but level right. 40 with mechanic is important. Um, and why is that efficient? Let's break. Why is that efficient? Because... it's where you get the most EXP. But why do you want EXP? To get some, to get to, because traders are the only way to, to actually like, do anything. Do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. the, the, I kind of talk about that a little bit later. Um, there's like okay. another section. Maybe I should just jump to this. No, that's fine. I just wanted, I just wanted to explore that and get to the root there, yeah. I think. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it, it's, that's a, that is a good point, though, because I hadn't added that line. It was because, like, X, XP dictates the trader levels. Okay, so trader levels and uh, trader levels and questing gives the most XP. Yeah, because you're also, while you're doing your quests and you're also passively gaining XP through other things you normally would be getting XP through. Exactly. Yeah. So you can do a quest and kill 10 scavs rather than just go onto the map and kill, kill 10, 10 scavs. scavs. Like, yeah. You yeah. may as well go and quest. Like some of the quests right. are annoying, but on balance, you'll end up with way more XP doing the quests than not doing them. Um, and then you also get better gear because you need to do the quest to get trade of rep as well. Yeah, plus trade of rep, which is an actual requirement. So you have to do the quest. You can't just get XP. You have to. Even you could be level 42. And if you have zero trader rep, you've got the standard account, and you're going to have no traders past level one, so except for Peacekeeper. So, and so Quest is the same every wipe, which is a big problem, right? That's all supposed to change. I don't know. It's a problem right now. The most efficient way to make money is to avoid PvP and loot 10k per slot items, filling your bag and selling it all on the flea. This is another fact. Yeah... Um, and may, probably, and maybe scabbing, right? but like scavenging the same thing. It's like looting ten k items. I didn't even say about PMC. It's basically the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It probably is. Probably is. I, the I've, only thing to that is the factory run through and then play PMC and fill you out a bag with ten items. You know. Yeah, I just, items. I just can't really imagine PvP and yeah being profitable. Now maybe, just, maybe in the flea market days, but that's the thing is like. This yeah. is the thing. Back in those days, if you if you wanted to do that route, I think the way to do it was you get the most cost efficient kits, which was <laughs> the Mosins, right? Mm -hmm. The uh, you know VSS is uh, Hunter and M six one Hunter, you know Magnum Bucky, Shotties, yeah. yeah, all that. But like, stuff. it was so counterintuitive because like, what's the point of doing that? Like, yeah, you made a ton of money, but then you're gonna sell it all and do what? Buy another Mosin and go in then. What it's basically just watching your reroll count go up, which is fine. Because yeah, it's mean, like, yeah, do you, do you want totally... to use the meta kit? Exactly. You're basically saying like there's no advantage having the meta kit, really. Although I mean, you, you are, uh, I don't know. There's something to be said, isn't it? It's like you run a kit that costs 50k mm -hmm. and you beat Chads with it sometimes, and you have a 40% survival rate, but you win all the, but you you make way more money versus having a, a thick kit that costs 500k where you have a 70% survival rate, but you actually do lose money overall. So you're kind of paying for the survival rate. So even though you survive more, it's not worth it. You die. And arguably the point 100%. of getting money is to buy stuff to use in raid, which you're free yeah. to use whatever. But if you're constantly using, you know what I mean? It's just, there's this weird conundrum where it's like, for some people, the satisfaction was like seeing the money go up, which is like, there's nothing wrong with that. And then 
Vera was like running the good stuff because it's, you know, this is supposed to make me stronger, but then the guy that's got a cheap kid is like, you know, competing with you. It's just kind of weird. Anyways. Yeah. I, I've sort of like, I feel like I've come to peace with that myself. Mm-hmm. And it's like, <clears throat> you use the cheap kit and you can win with it. And, you know, you don't really risk much, but you can, you have a lot to gain. But your survival rate is lower. Like you're, you're like paying for survival rate, right? And over a certain threshold, it's no longer profitable to run that kit. But your survival rate will be higher if you didn't than if you weren't using it. But that's kind of what you're paying for. You're paying for the privilege right. not to die in yeah, some that's situations. True. That makes sense. But that's kind of that's like how I square it. But yeah, I, I don't know. Um, and then so I've said like we've sadly lost cool moments such as finding weapons case or super high risk reward challenges like bringing a thick case to labs because of RMT. Right, we already talked about that. IT rooms locked behind rare and expensive keys need the ability to spawn these items, but this was turned off to try and counter ESP players who can see all the items across the map. Um, and then I just put a little note in just saying like spawns in marked room items only when the room gets unlocked, question mark. You know, kind of what we were talking about containers. You know, only populate yeah. the, the room when the, when the key gets used. Maybe. Maybe not a random idea. Um, then the end game loop is either continue to grind tasks that are not fun to either achieve Kappa or Lightkeeper, which is Lightkeeper's maybe slightly better, um, or PvP, just for the sake of it. Yeah. That's kind of that's, my argument, yeah. That's the end game loop right now. Right? I mean, I feel, the yeah. I feel like the loop is PvP, and how do you participate in PvP? You do, you know, you, you acquire rubles, and then that's how do you acquire rubles? You loot stuff, take it out, you do quests, whatever, you build a hideout, I'll sell stuff, you know what I mean? That's kind of the loop in a vacuum, in my opinion, but... Yeah, because I guess like the PvP is like, you try to acquire rubles by going to the hotspots, because you know other people are going there to try and make money, even though neither of you need the money, you all go there because that's where people go to get the money, so you end up fighting other people, and everyone's fighting over this loot that no one cares about, because no one needs the money, but you all know that everyone else is going to be there, because they're there because you're there. And the whole <laughs> conundrum is if money is not an issue anymore, then you're just like, it's tedious to participate in PvP because you have to buy all the stuff. And I guess it's more of a fault of the menus, but you have to like mm-hmm. click all the buttons, you know, to go back in the raid and do PvP again. You know, it's kind of like, yeah. Whereas in the early game, when you don't have a lot of money, I feel like it's a lot more. PvP is a more polarizing, more exciting, uh, you know, riskier. Uh, you know, you putting that kit together is a lot more meaningful. I like that experience a lot more. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna take a bit of a bit of a sure. dive off. So I said, like, okay, weapons are one dimensional in the end game, partly due to modding, partly due to recoil, and partly due to breakpoints and ammo. Yeah, I say it's pretty accurate. Future mechanics are now too random and inconsistent. Fragmentation, which has been working in a weird way that isn't understood for a while now, plus the ability for limbs to be hit multiple times by the same bullet, are reducing time to kills dramatically in specific cases, but not in others. I think this is a big issue. I genuinely, this is like this has been plaguing the community for a while. I haven't done any tests. I've been away, and I've not been, you know, had the time to to spend on it. But I want to look into it a bit more and figure out exactly like how bad the problem is, because this inconsistency in firefights is like a genuinely ruining the experience for some people, like in a big way. Because sometimes your slick will take like five shots, no problem. And sometimes you die in two shots to your arm from some crappy round. And it's like, why? It's just, it's just really re- weird and inconsistent. It makes people like, again, it, it undermines the higher tier kits. And you just think like, what's the point? 
Yeah, yeah, you definitely. It's like the opposite of back in the day where that arms used to uh, a little bit everything. Yeah, it used to be like arm armor, right? So, so that, yeah, rather than going was... through to the chest, your arm, even when it was because well, when it was blacked, Blacked, it, it would, would stop. It the would bullet. continue to yeah, it would stop the bullet and continue to take the damage, and you'd then have the zero point seven multiplier across your whole body right. rather than it hitting your thorax because the arm's in the way and people used to use the canted like <laughs> foregrip so that yeah. the arm was even more in the way so then you basically force your player to do leg meta through your arm to kill you so it felt like people took an incredible amount of damage because like on legs yeah. are 1x and arms are 0.7x so you took even less damage like you know we're going to do a very quick calculation this isn't correct 440 divided by 0.7 is 630 so pmc is like shooting them through the arm I'm ignoring the fact that the first bit isn't, you know, isn't 0.7 because you're doing 60 damage to start with, but I can't be bothered to do the proper calculation. It's something like 620 effective HP you have to remove. Like you feel more like a boss guard or something, right? Forcing somebody to shoot you through your arm exclusively mm-hmm. to kill you. Because arms is like the suckiest place to kill someone. It's got the, the lowest multiplier. Um, and they're like right in the way of the thorax. So, yeah. So I don't know. That's that. And then, yeah, and then I basically said here, this is something that we touched on before, because obviously I'm, I'm thinking about it, right? So that's why we've, I've talked, touched on some of these points already. There are no cool ways to grind for rare and exciting equipment, such as 7 and 40, Alton and Reese Tees, and, and Zhuk 6 armors. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's a tricky, tricky one, because cool is subjective, right? Someone could be like, oh, it's cool that I do a million quests and do this hideout upgrade to finally craft it every six days, you know? That's cool. Well, these ones I've picked in particular because there's no crafts, there's no barters, they're not on traders, they're only in raids, and they're basically only in stashes. So that's why I picked those those okay. four items in particular. 7M40, Alton Reese T, Sook 6. You could add like SSA AP, like all of the like the highest pen round for most cal- most calibers that like isn't even in. You can't even craft them. Um, Zook 6 is just like never seen. It's just non-existent. Alton Reese T is just non-existent. You, know, you, get, you get a couple from quests. You get like two or three ultins from quests, and that's it. That's it. That's all you have. Yeah. Like that's that's kind of better in some ways. Like than never seeing it because you're like, oh, this is super rare, and like I'm using them only very rarely for doing specific things. I'm pairing them nah, with Zabrala just... and just running around like a tank, but it doesn't feel great to have like no way of getting it other than just like yeah. pure RNG. Well, you do have a way of getting it, but only a set amount, which ties back into i'd say i don't like how linear it's become because it's like it's like you're in like some weird you know deathmatch arena and you're the more you play or at certain point stages you unlock a limited amount of new stuff kits you know yeah. um and it's like oh you you used up your three sorry you know the, you're you're done for you know what i mean like it's just it's just weird uh, i don't know yeah Bosses are not fun to play against most of the time because their lack of strategy is compensated for with higher aimbot and higher HP on both the bosses and their guards. I'll say that again. Bosses are what? Bosses are not fun to play against most of the time because their lack of strategy is compensated yeah. for with higher aimbot. I guess I should say stronger aimbot or something. Be a bit more precise in my wording. Stronger aimbot and higher HP on both the bosses and their guards. Yeah, this is I a feel difficult like problem. Most, yeah, this one's tricky. And it's not always the case. Sometimes the bosses can be fun. I think Tequila is the most interesting boss we have right now. Because he will, he can charge at you, but 
Um, I've had He's some very I've had some buggy. very uninteresting fights yeah. against him. <laughs> I've I think I think something's broken for him as of recent. There's a video on Airwing's channel where it's like Tagil is broken and he's like aiming at the wall, but he's so close to the wall, his gun's turned sideways, and he's aiming at the wall. He's like on the stairs inside right. the factory office, you know, looking through the wall, and he's shooting, but he's because his gun's hitting the wall, he's shooting to the side, but he's like shooting at the wall, and it's like, what is happening? Like, it makes yeah. no sense. And yeah. <laughs> I've seen him like just healing in front of you, like it's just like a mm. bunch of weird problems. But I mean, I feel like it's more of a technical issue. But there's like uh, there's a problem of do you go the realism route? In which case, Sanitar, you could just like pop him in the head, you know, from any distance of almost any round. You know what I mean? Like if you just give him like the same HP as your character, then you know how. And then how do you make them difficult? It's like, well, we just crank up their aim bodiness and it feels unfair. Like it's it's such a hard thing. I mean, I would like them to do more, you know, Tagila y stuff. And, and then the other side of that, of course, is um, you know, do you make them like uh what's the gamer word? Um do you make them where they just like absorb damage, like they're they're tanks, you know, you just gotta like bullet hose them down to and that's like their difficulty you know what i mean um like if they're like a resource cost but i just i i feel like bad in tarkov yeah in well, games, like it's okay but well, like imagine if their ai was like god awful but like they were just super tanky like that was the difficulty right you just had to have mm -hmm. lots of ammo lots of resources that was like you know that could work but it wouldn't like it wouldn't feel very realistic at all obviously um so I don't know. I would. I think like I've always thought like Sanitar, um, being like a healing healer. Like basically the the boss is his minions, but he heals them and buffs them. Like he just injects them with stem. You know what I mean? And then it, it, it like does something. I don't, something like this. You know, it's it's a twist on a a typical boss fight where it's like the boss is not the actual threat. It's his minions that he's buffing. You know. Mm -hmm. um to have to try and kill him whilst taking fire from the minions or whatever right like, but yeah. it's like how do you do that in tarkov because yeah. one bullet kills you <laughs> you know what i mean it's just like it's, it's such a yeah it's a really difficult thing so i don't envy uh you or them <laughs> in that case yeah. like it's what i always feel that ai aside and the, the locations aside i feel that killer is probably one of the better bosses in general really i know that he's i know that he's notorious at the moment but i i prefer that route of more armor and like oh. even even going down you know what i mean like even going down the route of like unlootable armor i got you so killer's got his like unlootable sledgehammer but i'd rather them kind of play a bit more in the game right. world Right, and have right. some stupid armor that you can't even buy. It's like some special thing you can't even get it off him. Like it's kind of cool to be able to get you. armors off them and stuff. But like you know, Sanitar's got some. I don't even know he's got some X. He's got like a titanium plate in his skull or some stupid thing. Like it's just. I feel that yeah, just like bringing it closer to the normal PMC game mechanic would be better if possible. And that's why I kind of like Killer's sort of like that. I know he's got stupid head HP and stuff like that, but like at least he's wearing like no, I get got you. Class yeah. and class yeah. five, and like that feels a bit more reasonable rather than just having like. A ridiculous amount of HP and no armor on. It's like what? Do you remember when they did uh, the change where Killa would sometimes spawn with a lesser armor? Yeah, I I kind of like that honestly. 
I mean, it's not really relevant to what we're talking about here, at least not that much, but because mm. like, um, in other words, like, yeah, you killed him. Like, yeah, he's easier to kill, but he doesn't have the armor, so he's like less valuable. You yeah. know what I mean? And then when he does have armor, he's like harder to kill, but it's like, it's the rewards are greater, you know? I kind of, I kind of like that. Yeah, I didn't mind. I genuinely didn't mind either. I thought it was okay. Yeah. Uh, oh God, what nice. Yeah, so this, they kind of just like random stuff now. So it's like, takes a thousand clicks to get into a game, which you said about loadout presets, so that should help. That, that should be fixed relatively soon, I think. Yeah. It takes a long time to match, which is, again, comes back to my, like, be able to use the stash and flee whilst loading. I yeah. really wish they'd do that. I know they have to change, they'd probably have to change the whole game architecture to probably. do that, but I still <laughs> wish that that would, that would be, yeah. be good. Um... Yeah, and then what did I say here? Yeah, so because this is actually kind of what we were talking about before with takes is like finding raid system missing for player gear deprioritizes PvP dramatically as it costs more to buy your own gear than you get for selling theirs. Issues removing armor and ammo on the fleet kind of necessary to fix the early game. Oh yes, and then my the way that I wanted it to be dealt with, it's like okay, so what what, what is what's actually the problem here? We're saying that PvP is unprofitable. Is that the, is that that's the problem? Right, it's like the the good okay. loot that you get from the players. You could use it yourself, but if that was the case in all cases, then people wouldn't complain about PvP being unprofitable and being an issue. It's because you want to sell their stuff because you're not necessarily going to use their stuff, right? If they're wearing, I don't know, a cl- like a high end class four or something that you're not going to use, you can't sell that to another player that it's valuable for. You have to just sell it to the traders at the trader amount, so it ends up not even being worth taking. And so people don't even bother taking this stuff. Right. You know, you want to use your own guns and use your own mods and whatever. So you just strip the, the one, one slot attachments that you'll probably use. Yeah. Maybe take one gun to put in your secondary. So I was like, okay, well, and if it, this is really, a, it's, the question is then a monetary thing, really. So it's, it's about money. Why not just give the dog tags way more, way more value and zero out if you're in the same team? You know, dog tags, they don't, they're not worth anything if they're in the same team as you. But if you kill somebody else, their dog tag's worth like 10 times what it is now. Like, make a player kill worth 200k. Why not? Yeah, I mean, there's uh, the only issue I would say there, potentially, is um, you make farming low-level players, like, you, you make farming, you make killing players overall more valuable. So, where, if, let's say that becomes the, the meta, right? Killing players that collect their dog tags is, you know, the way to make money, the new de facto way. Um, I guarantee customs is gonna be a war zone, dude. You know how many poor, poor Timmies are just gonna get abused and used just to strip them of their tags, man. Like you can keep the same system as now. Like Timmies don't give that much money for their tags. Anyone under level ten, it's like you know. I would, even now, it's like a few, a few k at most. I would say as a precaution, you make it, you widen the gap. You make high levels more valuable. You make low levels less valuable. This would be like major on the low end side, you know, like if. A level one gives a thousand rubles. Maybe they give like four hundred and twenty. I don't know. I don't know why I said four twenty. Yeah, just like just just just, <laughs> just like change the scale. Yeah, that 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 makes sense. But like, so basically, anybody who's like level twenty and higher, or level twenty five and higher, should be giving like significantly more than they do now. Yeah, something. I mean, I think there's. I think there's something there because, um, uh, yeah. I mean, I I don't know the. The problem is, is I feel like there's an assumption here, which is that PvP, like, you know, I don't want to say needs to be profitable, but like PvP is like, there's a big emphasis on PvP, 
And it's like, is that core to Tarkov? Like, is that what Tarkov is about? Personally, I would tend to lean on the yes side because that's, that's kind of the, the loop of the game, right? Unless you, mm-hmm. look, unless you look at Tarkov as like a linear experience, which it also kind of is going for. Um, it's like, like I've said many times, I feel like Tarkov has like a dandy crisis going on. Mm-hmm. So de- depending on, and this is the interesting part too, is because we're going to get Arena and there's some type of in-game currency associated with it. What that looks like, I have no idea yeah. Like that's going to be launch experience, but we might have that you know, fulfilled where it's like, finally, PvP is profitable. But again, it's like, sh- should PvP be profitable? You know, the, the, that's the question is like, Every time I kill a player, do I have to make money? Why is it important that that happens? It's important because there's nothing else to do. Okay, well, like maybe they need to address that. You know what I mean? They're, like I feel like the the interesting part would be I need to do something to get resources so that I can survive, which that's the weird part of Tarkov is like you don't. It's like a pseudo, it's like a survival, it is a survival game, but it's like survival light, I would say. Yeah. Um, like it has, it has elements, um, but it doesn't really have, I've been playing a lot of Project Zomboid recently. Have mm. you, have you heard of that game or played I've never, it? I've, I've heard of it, but I've not played it. Okay. Uh, it's a really cool game. I played it maybe a year ago, a year or two, two years ago. Um, the Saw Clean was playing it, he was talking about it. Yeah, I didn't yeah, really get it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't really get into it too much, but I was like, okay, this this is this kind of neat. It's basically isometric Daisy, and okay. a very simple, you know, oversimplification of it, and um, with with RPG elements. Let me make that clear. You have RPG uh, traits and skills you level up, and and recipes you unlock, and things like this. But it, it's a lot of fun, and um, you know, when you die, it's like you're like game over like there's this always tension whereas like tarkov like there's a lot of tension in the early and a lot of that i feel like is driven you know part of it is because of the you know you want to get the resources but the the other part of it is like it's like a race to the end you know if it feels like there's a there's a bit of a yeah a fomo going on and um once you reach the end it's like none of, you don't really have that same tension that you did about gathering resources, but the tension's way more into like winning mm. the PvP fight, you know. Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, I feel that in some ways, <clears throat> I know people are complaining about the lack of the ability to craft the stuff in the hideout. I'm like, I'm a big hideout crafter for quests mm-hmm. back in the day. But having to go out and get the items, this wipe has been a huge focus of my kind of like mid to end game. And it's been a lot better for it, honestly. I have to go and find the items and learn the maps and get out with the items, finding raid, or at least just get out because I can't go any secure. You know, I've basically gone from MCC to GPSA to vertexes to like trying to find a LEDX as well along that route to finding the CFDM radios because I'm doing the Lightkeeper thing. Like, there's a lot of stuff I've had to just go and find. And it's like when you do find the item, you're just like, oh, I got to get out now. You know, it's like a bit like the early wipe because you can't just buy your way out of the quest. You can't just craft your way out of the quest now. I got shot out with 762 BP exiting out of sewer manhole on reserve with like the final <laughs> CFTM radio. And I'm just like, oh my God. You know, it's like you, you make you feel something again. So I've, I think that that kind of stuff, as much as I kind of didn't, I wasn't looking forward to it. And I feel that after doing a lot of it, it's made the game better for me. 
actually. Even mm. though beforehand, I kind of bristled and was just like, this sucks, you know? This sucks. I just want to play the game that I've been playing before. But when I like knuckled down and actually got into it and go, okay, fine. Where do these things spawn? How are we going to, how are we going to do this? How are we going to learn labs? You know, all of this stuff, like re- revisiting labs after, you know, I didn't really play it much the previous wipe. Like, it's been better. So, yeah, that, I think that kind of thing does help, honestly, into the, towards the end game. But like, yeah, that, that stuff disappears after a while. So once you're through, I mean, like most people are already through all this stuff, right? It's yeah. just like it's taken me, I'm like more in line with the average player because of the amount of hours that I'm putting in after the first like month or so. And so for the end game guys, like they've already done all this stuff. They've already got to the end of Lightkeeper. They've already got Kappa. I didn't even bother with Kappa this wipe. I'm just going for the Lightkeeper thing because it's different and interesting. And mm-hmm. it, honestly, I found it more interesting. But yeah, it's like, okay, well, how do we continue to do that? Like, how do you continue to make items necessary and feel worthwhile or you need you need to make survival relevant all like always and i yeah and i feel the the hesitancy of that comes from the restrictions or not restrictions but like the difficulty associated with that like if for example if you made food extremely scarce um then you constantly had to worry about food like inside rate, outside rate doesn't doesn't really matter. You know, people may not necessarily like that approach. You know what I mean? There's a bit of a hesitancy mm-hmm. to it. But that's the interesting part is like you're const like in in Project Zomboid, for example, you're just constantly like managing different things. You know, it's like I need food. Oh my god, I'm I'm uh, dehydrated. I need water. Oh my god, I'm in pain because you know a zombie hit me and I need to get meds. And now my character's depressed and. I need to be leveling up uh, electronics so I can, you know, uh, craft this so I can do this. And I need to worry about the power going out. So I need to get a generator. There's like, there's just so many things you're constantly juggling. And even if you make it, you know, you do all those things, there's, you're still, there's only so many resources. Like you have to like, eventually you're going to die. You know, it's just like, it, it, there's, there's a nice renewable loop there. And, and I think that for Tarkov, a like a lot scarcity and like giving players uh the agency to do different things to help them progress that don't lead to uh dead end slash completion like when i complete the hideout there's nothing there to do it just always generates like i want to be able to like i want my shit to break you know know i mean i need i want to be able to go repair my generator you know buying get new graphics cards because they're fried or whatever you know things like this i mm-hmm. it gives me it, it gives you stuff to do and it's like meaningful it's like oh now i don't have the water buff on my water collector now you know because the water the pipes broke now i need to go find a pipe so i can get that buff again which will help me to do this other thing you know it, it builds upon each each other yeah no i agree and it's you look at these other games and part of the way that the game loop works, it's like, you know, Daisy, I guess, is kind of similar. It's like you're always managing these various things and food and water and whatever and trying to secure, you know, a, a constant store of, of this kind of stuff. And eventually you get yourself into a good position. But and it sounds like in Project Zomboid as well, you experience these setbacks often enough that that lengthens out the game, like not artificially, but just by virtue of just how the game functions, right? You die and you have to start again and da da da. Whereas like Tarkov is like, as we've said before, the hideout is like almost like too consistent, right? You never go backwards. 
So you're just always building right. on progression. Like, yeah, you can lose some gear and stuff, but like, yeah, your hideout never breaks. Once you've upgraded a module, it's just always there. Like you have to, you have to put fuel in it. Sure. But you can just buy that off the marketplace and it's, you know, you do a couple of the sensible crafts and you basically pay for it. It's just like, you, it's hard to, it's hard to go like as much as people are worried about gear fear and stuff like that. Like it's, it's actually very hard to go back to zero and down in AFT. Like you have to have a really bad string yeah. of raids running like high tier kits to lose a lot of money. And it happens, yeah. but it's not like, you know, you lose half your hideout or something because you make a mistake, right? Yeah, I mean, the worst you could do is, like, sell something for and pay a ridiculous tax fee. But, like, you always, in my opinion, you always have the this, this safety net of at least a secure container. I feel like scav is it's really hard to lose your scav perks, but it can happen. I mean, I feel for the new players who didn't know any better and lost karma. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah. And then, you know, as you said, as you progress, you just sort of uh, hide out. Um, yeah. It just gets bigger yeah, and bigger. It's, it's tricky. Yeah, so there was there was a whole, like, uh, the, this, this sort of, as we go on, it was, like, harder for me to, um, right. to fill it out, because I'm still, like, because it's still a work in progress. But the next one, I was thinking about, like, finding raids specifically, just as, like, a slice. Mm-hmm. About finding made tags, bans, trader gating, like stuff like this. Because um, I do, as I said, I do really want to put together almost like a model of like, here's how the game's structured and like why this makes certain things the way that they are. So for this one, I basically said like, taking it right back to basics and thinking about Daisy, thinking about games like Project Zomboid, thinking about Diablo 2, thinking about just all of those types of games where you like go out and find stuff and then you have them in your, your inventory. And yeah, it's different because well, I guess it's more like Daisy because like if you die, you lose your stuff, whatever, and you have some places to store it and whatnot. But anyway, the first line in this, which I think is like almost a fundamental thing that we've touched on before, but it's almost a, a first axiom of this whole like piece is loot pools in the actual game suck. It is extremely hard <laughs> to find decent weapons, ammo, and armor in an actual raid. Yeah, specifically weapons and gear. Yeah. The trader system is the only reasonable way to get decent equipment on a consistent basis, hence the requirement to quest in the first place. Yeah. Which, that's you know... That's kind of the reason why. Maybe makes sense. You know, maybe that's how they want to be set up. You're supposed to do business with the traders. You're supposed to give them yeah. barter items. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I guess like we've talked... Yeah, we've talked before about like rebalancing the in-raid loot and having less stuff on the trader. Because I get this sort of... I was like on a whole other tangent. As soon as I wrote that, I was imagining another world where the traders sell like a fraction of the items that they do right now. And then you have to find most of the stuff in raid. Like they'll sell you the basics and they'll sell you more stuff as you get a uh, rep with them. But it's like, yeah, basic stuff. They're not going to sell you every flavor of five, five, six weapon. They'll sell you basic ammo, but that's about it. You know, so you've got a, you've got a consistent, but bad place to buy stuff. And you have to get all the other good stuff out in raid. Cause that's the way every other game like this works. It's the, like, it would just be weird if you're playing Diablo two and like, all the stuff out in the raid is all common white items for the most part. And then you go back to the base and that's where you buy all of your stuff. Like even though, yeah, in the cycle, right? It's like, I guess sort of similar, isn't it? Because you have to, you buy all your stuff from the traders there. So that's kind of a similar system. To start yeah, it's, it's fairly similar. I would but in say. most RPGs, it doesn't work that way. It's like you find the rare items with all of the extra, you know, stats and mods and you know, special magical properties and whatever. You find them on bosses and you, you kill, you, know, you just go well, and find them in loot spawns or whatever and then the traders normally sell just like the, the absolute basics yeah i mean i would say it's just a product of instant space gameplay um it's like you're 
you know, you're taking pauses between the, what you typically would be one continuous flow of gameplay. You know what I mean? Yeah, kind of. That's, that's sort of why I quite like um, analogizing it to Diablo 2, because that's sort of similar, because you, like, you do a, a raid, so to speak, and then you, yeah, you do the bit of that section, and then you town portal back to base, and then you like sell your stuff and heal up and like repair your stuff, and then you okay. kind of go out to the next section. Now, Diablo 2 sort of works that way, because there's, like, each, each act is split up into sort of subsections, and you kind of find the next waypoint. So once you find a waypoint, you can use that to teleport back to base for free. So you kind of like, you each each sort of bit that you do, you kind of extend further and further. So each part is separate. So it's not like you do the same raid over and over, but um, I mean, you can if you want, if you want to do a particular piece. Again and again, you can do. But that's why it feels sort of analogous, because, yeah, there's like traders in the base on Diablo 2, and they sell crappy white items. So if you need something, just anything, like you never... Re- but again, like that system's almost broken the other way because you just never buy anything from the traders normally because <laughs> it's useless. You go out and you find like something better almost instantaneously. Mm. So I don't know, like maybe that's not the perfect thing. But um, anyway, continuing on. So, so with no limitations, with no limitations at all, higher tier players can resell from the traders back down to lower level players at level 15 or whatever the th- flea market threshold is at the time. And this negates the requirement for progression through the trader system to some extent. It means you don't get cheap stuff, I guess. It means that you can get some stuff, but it might be expensive. You can access it, but it might be more expensive than if you were on the traders. Because the old system, right, you used to be able to level up to Peacekeeper 4, buy M61, and then sell it straight back on the fleet to people. And you used to make tons of money. Selling BP yeah, on the fleet was really incredibly busted. profitable. Yeah, that was super busted. So you could make a load of money if you were a high-tier player. If you were a lower-tier player or just didn't have the time, you could just buy anything you wanted. Um, you, you basically didn't have to participate in gameplay to get resources <laughs> it was so dumb well you did there was a pre there's an x amount of hours you had to put in and afterwards you could just sit in the menus and generate infinite yeah money. it's one of those funny things that now when it's just kind of like you know back then you had no funny raid nothing like that you got yeah. rewarded for leveling up the traders because if that item was really niche or rare and wasn't on the flea then obviously you could buy it from the traders mm-hmm. that's fine Normally, you got it was cheaper from the traders because yeah. why would yeah, why would anybody sell it cheaper than the traders unless they're looting in raids? Like most of these things were more expensive, so you buy BP from the trader and flip it on the flea. Like looking back at it now, like is that inherently a bad system? You get an advantage for leveling oh. up by being able to buy it for free. <laughs> I don't, I, I like I'm trying to question everything here. I really oh, am. Fair it's enough. Like, once you get to level fifteen, it's like okay, well you can buy anything, but it's at a premium. Is that necessarily so terrible? Like we've, been through, we've been through so many iterations of this stuff that sometimes the initial thing that was, that was in place may not look so bad anymore. I just feel like it disproportionately favored players who could sink in a bunch of time early on in the white. Does it not, does it not now? You can't even buy class 5 now until you get to level 3 Ragman. It's not even possible. Well, crap or 3 if you want to split hairs, but can't even buy that stuff. Sure, but they have to actually participate in gameplay. <laughs> it's the difference, though. Now, whereas before to the trader levels, you mean? No, to to get the the item, right? Yes. Like now, you have to get to a certain level to actually buy this stuff. Yes, but we're like the problem. In my opinion, the problem prior was that. You could just generate resources, uh, an insane amount, at the cost of grinding really fast, really early on. And from other players, in fairness, yeah, 
the money's coming from somewhere. Like another player's playing you for the value that you provide for being early. Other players are what playing for yeah, you. The other, uh, pay, the other well, no, the the other players are paying you uh-huh. for the value that you bring to them for being early, to allow them to access higher tier stuff outside of their trader levels right. through your trader level. <laughs> right. So it's still just a transfer of of money from uh, one player to another. Sure. I'm kind of playing devil's advocate super hard because I, yeah. I want to like I want to nail down like why this is bad. <laughs> well, I mean, I, well, the, versus now, you everyone has to compete to 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 get it right. Like there is no, I can't. What, what are we talking about specifically? Because I may not. Talking, yeah, we're talking. I may specifically not be able to date about... on all the changes. <clears throat> like, a TV, like a TV, like a TV one ten rig. Let's say, let's say, let's do an HK like, barrel. I because I remember selling those. The HK, you I know. wouldn't even just think about the ammo again, just like 762 BP or whatever. You know? Sure, sure. Whereas now, previously I could just buy it and flip it. Whereas now, you have to, everyone has to grind it to get it. There is no trading, right? Yeah. So it still benefits. The people who can grind earlier and faster and more often, mm-hmm. but they're not able to generate <laughs> resources from it. They're paying a, 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 a they're they're still paying the cost. You know what I mean? Like, like, like yeah, they're getting the item, but they're not able to like make it exponentially grow. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's when you think about it, Maybe. it's kind of insane because you could like you could literally take. 4,000 rubles and turn into like 2 million rubles. I mean, that's probably, that's probably an over-exaggeration. Whereas now I can't buy the BP and turn it into anything more risk-free. Because you could do that risk-free once you've done the prerequisite. That was the broken part to me was you could just literally sit in the stash and just generate money. It was so busted. The you other, could. The other argument I would make is like, why is a trader so like... Like the static, the dynamic trader argument is like, in theory, I don't really have a problem with someone flipping it as long as a trader is like smart to recognize, oh, this is actually priced incorrectly. I need to increase my prices. You know, there's a lot of people yeah. buying this. I need to get more stock on my next resupply. I mean, there's a lot of interesting things you could do there, but that's, you know, it makes everything more complicated, obviously. Yeah. I think, I think that's, I think that's a, that's a good point <clears throat> about how now, you have to, yeah, you can't just like generate money for free in the hideout. Risk-free. You can't just monetize your trader level risk-free. Yeah. You can use the items yourself, but you can't sell them to other people. And you can't just generate money out of nowhere from that. Well, not out of nowhere, from somebody else, but just, yeah, for risk- risk-free money. Because, yeah, because risk-free money is a problem, I suppose. Well, I guess the hideout does that, though. It does, but it's a lot. It's a lot. Like, you're... Um... It's more under control. You have to invest in it monetarily as well first. There's a lot to invest in there. Um, it's trink. It's like trinkled out. You know what I mean? Like this. As soon as you hit the requirement, dude, you could start flipping barrels. It was so bad, and you had to you had to do the refresh thing because they sold out so fast. It was it was a wild time. Wild time. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that that kind of that kind of like yeah, that kind of makes sense. Because like the the first thing that really came in, and this is kind of what I was saying next. The finding raid limitations are intended to combat hatchlings. 
and prevent secure container resales of high-value items like GPU and LEDX. However, this also yeah. directly nerfs PvP with the inability to resell gear items that you obtain in combat with other players. This is, kind of, this is where it first came. This is how it first became a thing. Yeah, I mean, as I understood it, the main reason was, as you said, hatchlings, because you would go into resort, loot a LEDX, and literally disconnect, like put in your container, literally disconnect and turn it in for the quest or sell it. And that was a problem. So they came up with found and raid, perhaps, you know, inspired by or, you know, through Veritas, which Veritas is a slightly different system um, that they, you know, kind of didn't implement fully, which I thought was a better system where you, you, a much more in-depth system at, at the very least where, you know, you tag things, um, you know, sort of like what is the source of this item, you know, et cetera. But anyways, um, yeah, I forgot where I was going. Yeah, because the, cause the, the, what I was saying there is kind of you've got the, these like multiple aspects to like the, the limitations on the marketplace, right? So you've got like finding raid as a thing in and of itself, which is the, the anti hatchling thing, but then also had an implication for PMC gear that you brought in because that was non finding raids. Now you cannot sell PMC gear on the flea. Yeah. Then, but then you've got flea market bans themselves. Right. Which is a separate thing, which prevents the flipping of these items from the traders that are deemed high tier, including all class five armors and above, and most high pen bullets. Well, you can't really flip them from the traders. Well, you could before. I guess in theory, like, it pre, depended what it was. Pre-found and raid. Yeah. Yeah, pre-found and raid. Yeah. So these two things kind of come together. Right. Oh, um, that's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's now like even if you find the item in raid, you can no longer sell it on the flea, even if you found. BP or whatever that can now no longer go on the, the flea market as well. Um, right. I basically just here, I just got to the conclusion that like the trader progression system is probably the issue is they sell too much stuff and they walk players priorities towards the quest almost exclusively. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Cause I, I feel like what BSG wants to do is they want to have like this in-depth story thing where you do do the quest, you do, unlock the traders you know it's sort of like a, a collective linear experience in a multiplayer setting and yeah. once you're at the end of that road that's you know that's the game um on the flip side there's this whole other sub game with the risk reward economy you know getting resources risking them to do an objective right because we we kind of have that with you know things like upgrading the hideout it's like right why do i want to upgrade the hideout well because it will do this for you which will make you better you know xyz you know you'll have more resources or there's there's some minor stuff which i wish they would do more of but like uh you know you get like more hydration i think or is it energy i can't i can never yeah energy, like those yeah, yeah. those things heal faster skill stuff too now as well that's true that's true like i, I kind of wish more of that was at play but um mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of about those permanent upgrades. But yeah, that's basically it. And then I just said, like, something I already spoke about, which was the extraction shooters that have the issue with items being lost on death. They do prioritize the value of any particular item, even the really good ones, because one bad raid and it's gone. Which is kind of like, yeah, it indicates, like, it makes it one of the elements that allows an end, an end game loop where you're just trying to complete, like, the perfect kit and you're, like, roll, you know, you've got an item and it rolls a stat on strength between 10 and 20. And you've got the one that's 16 and you're trying to grind for the one that's you know, in the 17 to 20 range. Like 
That just doesn't exist in EFT because, and it can't, it just can't because those upgrades are permanent on your RPG character, but they're not permanent in Tarkov. And so those things just don't make sense unless they're for the hideout. Like you can't really have anything that's part of your character be included in that system. Like the, the end game loop for Tarkov is get more thick cases and store more stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and increase really your cash value and right. do more PvP. That's kind of that's it. There's not really any way around that, I don't think, based on that you die and you lose everything. No, because all the all the stuff you bring in the raid, you know, 90, 90% of it is consumables, right? Like the gear, it can get consumed, the ammo, the gun can break and wear down, uh, the armor can yeah. be, you know, worn down. Um and I guess that that's how it ties in. It's like I, I feel like that's the goal is like you're supposed to invest in these consumables to do the quest to complete the storyline. I think that's the vision for the game. If I had if I had a you know, rub my crystal yeah. ball. Yeah, it's hard. It's it's hard. I mean, yeah, like you can think of some things like we've talked about prestige before. I mean I don't want to go too much into it, but there's like prestige, you could expand like they actually said they're gonna expand the hideout more. I don't know exactly what that means, but Hopefully there's more stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I still feel like I'd rather the game go like the route is like more hardcore and take longer to to get some of this stuff through. Um, it'd be kind of neat, but well, one thing to consider that might affect it is, you know, oh, dare I say, it, open world Tarkov. Okay, I the maps. The, what map was I on? Was I on Lighthouse? Yeah, I was on Lighthouse. I was um. Flying around in my Tarkov SP camera mode, and they, I noticed they had like reserve mapped out, shoreline mapped out, like the found, like a lot, yeah. like there wasn't a lot of assets there, but there was a lot of like foundation, like the foundation was there. Like they had yeah. half of shoreline, like basically where the path to shoreline. Yeah, because you can see it, so you kind of need it there. Yeah, and then all the way up to the resort, all of that down to the river, mm-hmm. uh, to the shore i would i would imagine and maybe it cuts off a certain point but they basically had like half the side of the map where the dam is you know the the, the river down the middle yeah. um but anyways if if they do open world you know that that could change a lot if they don't do that at the very least traders in raid could change a lot you know like yeah. now it it could be very exciting to um you may you may have more options to progress. You know, you may players are bringing in gear to then, you know, sell items, buy items, taking out. So now you know you can also participate in that as a low level player potentially or whatever. You know, could be yeah. another way instead of instead of having to go down the linear path. You could that could be another route. Yeah, it's, it's complicated. And this is the thing where I still haven't come to any like solid conclusion. I think there's like there's so much to talk about, and it's sure, like sure. what the best what the best thing is is going to depend on your own opinion and stuff. But like, there's still so much to it that I'm like trying to like map out. And there's a whole other section I'm not going to go into this yet. But there's kind of what we talked about before, which is about top players want to increase the skill cap and increase the difference between players of similar but different skill levels. Like low level players want the ability to kill anybody, but you know, yeah, they have to accept they have a downside. We've got like the whole leg meta thing, and like it's. That's like a whole nother thing that I'm not even going to go into now because we kind of run out of time. But there's like, there's so many like interlocking pieces to this and like how to balance it, how to make it good and then how to allow people to play for, yeah, like, you know, 3,000 hours on one account without getting bored in even potentially even in one white. Like, um, there's ways, there's ways of doing it. I know, I know there are, there's ways of doing it. 
So I'm just kind of intrigued because, yeah, BSG seem to be sort of a bit like open to feedback at the moment. So I feel like strike while the iron's hot to try and get some get some extra stuff. So we brought up yeah. some good points there. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna hopefully put a bit more together and then at least like I, I need to structure it a bit and then maybe release it out to people on stream, people on Discord, whatever, so people can give me some like feedback, critique, whatever, and then maybe we can put together like the communities thing or at least get some difference of opinion in there and some and then potentially some good solutions that actually cover all the bases and aren't just oh you just need to do this to fix this and it's like oh what about that and then you always end up in this you pull one string in the web and then everyone ends up talking about all different parts of it and then it's just like no one knows whether it's actually a good idea or not in the end because it's just a mess so we need to distill bring this all down to you know the the first principles and try to figure out what's going to happen if you do whatever change um not an easy task, I will say. But I mean, I it, it'll also just help us increase our understanding of the game and like how it links together as well while we go through it, even if it doesn't come out with anything particularly special. Yeah, at the very least, it's it's an interesting thing to explore, and you know, it may not actually come to anything, which is totally fine. Um, you know, you, you, it's you're, I feel like we're tapping into the game design aspects of things and that i think that's really interesting as a whole but at the very least you know it could it could be an inspiration for someone else and whatnot you know i, I do feel i feel like so, like you know some of the videos veritas put out about this stuff have just kind of like burned him out perhaps mm-hmm. on like doing this stuff more because like especially the the fountain rain thing i mean he had a really intricate system i really liked with the tagging but it yeah. just kind of seemed like that didn't maybe it fell on deaf ears i'm not sure or they only tried a half measure but anyways um one thing we were i was mentioning you know some content for tarkov and you know i've been talking with uh abney dude and should about doing some type of content piece the next why because i i was initially talking about doing an open world thing and doing yeah. it with a group and then tossed around some other ideas but now i'm kind of like fully on the open world idea because i just think it's like like we, we had coming with the labs card like we, you know what if we went to labs you know early on the wipe and got like super juice and that was like the video you know what i mean and it's like well fuck logistically how are we gonna do that in like a reasonable amount of time you know what i mean like how is that even gonna be possible it's just not um mm-hmm. we're better off grinding to max therapist and doing it that way so so anyways i i think it could be interesting to do like a video on you know what tarkov but it's open world you know tarkov but it's 1.0 you know what um 1.0 would look like you know just some kind of like fun just to see how how it would play out if you had to like, you know, go from travel the map to map, bring the gear with you as you looted, you know, turn in the task and things like this. We might I'm yeah. thinking like doing like a couple of beginner tasks and call it a day there. Be interesting experience to see. I do like all these hardcore challenges because I think they are more fun in general, but it's an, an, yet another aspect of the problem, which is the gap between the veteran player and the beginner, you know? And if you make the game too hardcore, then it's impossible to get started. Whereas if once you've got four wipes under your belt, and you kind of want to make, make the game harder for yourself, because it's maybe, because it's relatively easy once you know the loop. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting one. That's why these hardcore counts are kind of cool. But, and why I still stick to my guns, the fact that I think that a hardcore character would be a good one. But, you know, I don't know. I doubt that we're ever going to see that, which I think is a shame. But, 
is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. Well, how you feeling now? Flesh some of that out. Feeling better? Feeling okay? Neutral? More confused? Good. I kind of, yeah, I feel like I want to carry on. Cool. I want to carry on. Like, this, after a while, you just, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm like sitting there just looking at like 40 statements. I'm like, man, what does it, like, what does it even mean? Am I even going to be able to? But yeah, I think it's good to just like go through and just talk through it and be like, okay, this is the stuff that's important. This is what's not important. And even just conceptually, it's like trying to link the facts to the concepts of saying, why do things feel a certain way? And say, okay, well, here's how the facts get to you to that level. Um, and whether even some of these are necessarily true, right? Because like I do make some assumptions already. Oh, yeah. So we just got to try and like break these down, you know, and, and say, okay, well, why is that the case? It's, yeah, it's, it's important to question right back to the start. Yeah. Like, like with the flipping of ammo, it's like, is this important? We're like, why is this, why is this bad? Why is the system bad? Why do we change? Like, cause we didn't change, we didn't change it because that in particular was bad. We changed it because hatch things were taking Lennox's out of shoreline. Like it's, that's the thing. So it's like, maybe it wasn't bad. Maybe we need to revisit it, but it's just like, okay, no, there's, there's an issue there because of the free, the free, you should never really be getting something for free, particularly, um, especially not in a super easy way where you don't have to invest any resources other than just playing the game. Um, so yeah, no, it's useful. Been useful. Yeah. I appreciate the, the hard press challenge on that one. That's good. Here we got somewhere. All right, guys. Well, we're going to wrap it up here. Thanks to everyone, as always, for tuning in. We see you all next week. Catch you later.